We are playing One Ring Second Edition today, continuing our uh, The Waking of Angmar campaign. And uh, from the sounds of it, uh, we're going to go wake up Angmar. So uh, it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, we also learned something during our warm up for the show today. Uh, we learned that none of them are capable of identifying the theme song to Inspector Gadget. And we've also <laughs> learned that in addition to Melissa being a cheater, uh, so is Ashley. Uh, so there's now two cheaters in the group. Long, I have my eye on you. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited. We, uh, we're starting up a, a new adventure phase. Uh, so this is kind of a new thing. Uh, we've already done one adventure. We did the down, we did our, our like kind of downtime fellowship phase last time. And in, in addition to some other councils and things like that. And now we're going to go on a journey on this very long adventure and, uh, see what else, what other trouble we could potentially get into. Uh, so it should be fun. Uh, other things we do here, we uh, we play a lot of games. Uh, we've been playing regularly One Ring now for about a month and a half, I think, on Saturdays. And we're going to continue that for this foreseeable future. Uh, you can catch us on Monday uh, as we're going to be playing Deadlands this coming Monday, which is a, a Weird West uh, Savage World Edition game. And um, that's going to alternate every Monday with Ultraviolet Grasslands. And then every Friday, we've been doing Delta Green Impossible Landscapes for the past year, but we're almost done. We have like two episodes left of that. And then that year long campaign is uh, finally coming to a close. And so we'll, we'll put some we have we have plans for other cool things. We're just sort of waiting for some other stuff to come into place for when we figure out what we're doing on Fridays. We have a couple ideas uh, and there will be obviously more Delta Green on this channel because it's awesome. Uh, but. We don't need to talk about that today because we're playing One Ring. We're playing, we're playing more One Ring, which is very excited. Uh, little update: still have not received physical copy. I'm just gonna keep updating that, and I'm just gonna cry a little bit. So, because one day it'll come, it'll come. Uh, all right, let's do, uh, let's do character intros. Tell us who you are. Uh, I think we already went over what you skilled up, so don't have to worry about that. But uh, I did say that if you wanted to make any changes with your use for items and stuff, just tell us maybe if you did. So, a Rineal, uh well, so tell us about Arineal, and uh, did you make any changes to your inventory for this trip? So Arineal is a ranger of the north. Uh, her calling is champion. I think all of us in this group are fairly young for our respective cultures, um, kind of doing the adventuring thing. Um, so she had a skinning knife with her um, during her first adventuring phase and didn't do anything with it. Um, and so since we are going into mountains and there'll be snow and things like that, um, she decided to switch out the skinning knife uh, for some snowshoes. So old school wooden snowshoes is what she now has. So this is the reason why this happened. Last night, Melissa and I, we watched a movie uh, called Werewolves Within uh, on TV. And it was very fun. It was a very funny little. It was basically sort of like like literally the werewolf board game card game werewolves within the video game etc and the main character kept talking about snowshoes and i'm pretty sure melissa got in her head that oh we've heard about angmar it's cold there let me mm -hmm. get some snowshoes that's exactly what happened isn't it mm -hmm. yep. influenced influenced <laughs> by film Excellent. okay but as we also learned snowshoes, snowshoes can be multi-purposed so okay I mean, most of the time they're used on our feet, but I guess you can use them. Maybe you play like tennis with them or something. I have, I have other ideas. Mm -hmm. Okay. I look forward to hearing those ideas. <laughs> Very excited to what those could potentially I'm be. I'm clueless as to the other <laughs> ideas. <laughs> yeah. Well, for when uh, you'd have to watch the movie. 
Yes, Got it. cheating okay. while watching movies as well, Adam. Just so much cheating going on. Really, it's just Long and I. We're the only truthful people left. So Long tells the truth about uh, about Floy. Oh, I can tell you he's a dwarf. <laughs> That's true. Floy's beard. And what color? What color beard does he have? Did we get into this? Uh, well, gray. <laughs> gray? Yeah. You've already gone gray, but you're a young and you're what? You're grossly sixty nine <laughs> years old, I think. <laughs> yes. That's young for a dwarf, and he's already going gray. Poor guy. Poor guy, Floy. Okay. Some people get yeah. gray hairs before others get gray hairs. But he is a treasure hunter. He got a nice haul less little adventure. Yeah, he did all right. You also got a uh, you got a uh, Marvel's artifact too. In fact, which is nice. Yeah, I ended up giving that to Reniel. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. And I did swap out one of my useful items. I had a stone carving tool, but I swapped mm-hmm. it out for some jewelry to match all the bling I just got. Okay, so remember that like a useful item, like mechanically speaking, you designate a specific skill that that particular item can be used with, and as long as it makes sense you know, for the use of it. And you get a, you get a bonus die essentially. So have you figured out what you want to do with your jewelry? Like what skill that would work towards? Yeah, it goes towards awe. So <laughs> see how great I am. Okay. Do you, are you like, do you have, are you jewel be- beating your, your beard? Is oh, that, that sounds amazing. Like? Yeah, I'll add there something like that. There we go. I like it. Braid the beard, put some jewels in. Okay. All right. Good to know for bandits on the road now that you're traveling. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh it's next his underbeard so he has to like lift up some it's of that it first. it's that big he's got yeah. layers yeah okay yeah and then on the, like the third like the cellar layer of the beard is where he keeps all his food and so he just kind of keeps shifting oh. <laughs> right against the skin never mind it's getting gross uh all right ashley uh newly anointed cheater tell us about gilly gilly is our cute little hobbit friend uh she's from brie um she is a scholar and i didn't change my equipment at all i kept my rope and hook and uh kept my lantern um gilly will not compromise on being able to read books at night regardless of whether we have a fire or not so yeah we should we should get you. Oh, thank you, Stanley. Uh, we've got Melissa. You're going to keep track of this. You got the. You're going to keep track of the. Yes, the we actually had 14 left over from last episode, just so that everyone knows okay. that we have 17 now. So it's 17. Now, don't forget that you can you can burn them like you can burn those one to one to get a to get a bonus die, but you can also burn. What did we say? Five to to roll it favored. Is that right? I believe that was correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Correct. So you can burn five of them to get a favored roll. So you're meaning you're rolling two feet die and you're taking the better. So that's that's the option we have there. Thank you very much, David. Appreciate it. Oh, there's clarification. Oh, okay. They're only to be used for rolls related to snowshoes. Absolutely. I think that's an excellent that's an excellent point. Stan- Go ahead and put an asterisk on three of those, and they must involve snowshoes. So write it down. Because we'll forget. And uh, none of us will go back and watch the video. <laughs> uh, usually, Adam, I think what we do is we usually put the name, I think. Let me check. Did I ever do a One Ring Bits? I did do a One Ring Bits. Look at that. So, yeah. Okay. And if you really want to ruin, if you want to hurt the players in some way, uh, 
or at least sort of cause a complication of some kind, 300 bits is the way to go. And I can, I'll figure out a way to sneak in a complication. If you have one, you can always shout out the idea. And as long as it sort of makes sense with what we're doing, you know, throw it in there, try to keep it, keep it within the realm of reason. Uh, okay. Um, did we finish Ashley's introduction? I was miles away. I'm sorry. I was just totally yeah. gone. Okay. Oh, I know the joke I was going to say. You should get a useful item like a miner's hat, right? And you should put like a little candle on the front. Just like them. Like a like, cobalt. Yeah, like World of Warcraft. Like, like you know, take candle. And then I was that's thinking how... of Starbound. You know how they have that one like backpack where it's just like a stick and then the lantern hangs from the stick above your head? I thought that was cute. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I really do like the fact that you're you're leaning into the the notion that you have to have a reading light. Like we have to. Like no, we we can't have a we can't have a fire tonight. Yeah. We're being tracked. How else care. am I How supposed am I to be able to to read my books and keep my wonderful journal of Floyd's exploits? You know. Yes. Oh, that's right. Priorities. You're writing. As I, I totally I forgot am, that too. I, I love how we're diving back into this. Yes, that's right. You're writing the stories of Floyd. Right, the yeah. adventures of Floyd. And that other person, Arineal. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> just, just easy. Just easy. Okay. Uh, I think uh, I think we're ready. So quick summary. Um, we are starting a new adventuring phase. But in the in the previous adventuring phase, what happened is that we spent our time in the Bree lands. Uh, specifically, we started in a ha- the hamlet of Combe, which is right next to Bree. Uh, you were tasked by your patron, Balin, to uh, look into some issues with livestock. There was some some slaughtering going on of livestock. You turned out it was, it was goblin and orcs that were raiding here and there. You did some investigation and you realized that it wasn't just your average run-of-the-mill goblin reigns, or at least it didn't seem like it. Thank you so much, Adam, for those bits. Melissa, there's more. No, um, I think those are for you. I think those are a uh, complicated. Xeno race? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing alien in Lord of the Rings. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's going to sound like. Um, <laughs> so let's see. Um, so yeah, you, you, you discovered that, that there might be more to it. Uh, as you met a couple of the n- new friends, new new allies, Hollis, Hollis Oakstout, at least Bri- uh, Briarcleave. Turns out that there were these um, kind of strange folk that might be down from the hills uh, who didn't really look like your average Brelanders, and but they were trying to sneak around town. And it looks like they they assaulted uh, they assaulted Oswald Breaker, a local scholar. They took some of his information on on Fornost or Dead Man's Dyke. Uh, you traveled there to try to track down what they were interested in, what they were doing. There, you met uh, a ranger by the name of Talendil, and the four of you, you know, tried to explore the ruins of this sort of haunted city. You you had some very peculiar and, and terrible visions, uh, and you you encountered numerous raids and were essentially run from the city. Uh, you saw a woman with some sort of strange black axe and carrying like the bags of, of bones uh, that they had looted from from areas of the, of the, of Fort Austin of the North Downs. And you, and you had to bring Talendil back to town who had been severely injured. But over the next couple of weeks, those issues with the livestock kind of faded and it looked like the goblin raids had sort of dwindled and it didn't really look like an issue anymore. And so a little council was called, was brought together. This, this, this sort of investigative council, kind of between Oswald and Balin, your patron, and a couple other interested parties. And through some some things that you've learned and other things that Talendil had heard through the grapevine of, uh, of the Rangers of the North, 
that there's concern that might that something might be brewing to the north in the the dead realm of Angmar and uh, maybe even within the uh, the hills of Rudaur. Um, and you all decided that you were going to take up the task of of journeying northward because he was so severely injured to verify that to see if there's more to it. The very war band of orcs and goblins that had been plaguing the the villages of Combe. They left. Rumor was that they headed north as well. And so there, there seems to be this sort of pull northward, right? And so you all, I believe, at the end of the last session have decided that you were going to travel to the western slopes of Mount Graham to meet with a, uh, a ranger and troll hunter, apparently, by the name of Marin Ben. Uh, you were given by Talendel a, a necklace, a leather necklace from his daughter. Uh, to use as a way of kind of earning her trust or contacting her, and you were to look for the ruins of a watchtower somewhere on that slope. So I think that's that's it. I think now we're starting on our new adventure phase as we're going to deal with that. Um, we'll start here. We'll say this before we we dive into the journey specifically. We get because we're going to do our the journey rolls and things like that. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to do around town, like your you know any closing errands or things like that? Uh, hey, Raj, how's it going? Um, is there any anything specifically that you wanted to do around town uh, before we head off on our adventure? Yes. So when we had met Hollis, um, he had asked us to check in on his mother, Marge, in Bree. And so everybody else would like for us to go say hello to Marge and then... <laughs> update Elise so that next time she sees Hollis, he will know how she's doing. Okay. Okay. We can do that. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, are there any other things, uh, Floyd or Gilly, was there anything else that you guys wanted to do? Any last minute errands or tasks that you wanted to take before we undergo this journey phase? Are we assuming we've already like prepared for this travel? Yeah, I mean, we don't have to play through like the buying and preparing of equipment and that kind of stuff. We can... I can assume you do it. Then I'm going to stop by the, the farms and have one last glass of milk before I leave. Let them know that we're leaving. Okay. One last you head jog. over to, you go do one last jog around the home of Meadow Oldbrook, who has, has put up multiple signs saying no running, no jogging nearby, no startling the animals. And at a certain point, there's like this, this sketch of like, a dwarf running and like a, a line through it. And whenever you pass by, you can see that she's there giving you like the dirty eye. And you can even see that she's got like a, like a crude hunting bow and arrow now nearby, just in case you get a little, little, a little too close to the animals themselves. And every time you pass, the animals seem to enjoy your presence. As you pass by, you just hear the as they come by and they all rush to the, uh, to the fences and the corrals where she keeps them uh, to see you as you go by. And she's chasing them down like, no, no, you stupid dwarf, you. And uh, you hit uh, you hit Rosa Goodborough for one last shot of milk. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's sure to, uh, to a, a, a post a post workout drink. And then you head back into town. No problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gilly, was there something you wanted to do? Uh, not yet, no. Okay. So, uh, is anyone else going to go with Arineal to see Marge Oakstout, or is it just Arineal that's going? Uh, I'll go along. Okay. I'll wait like, uh, a nearby bar or something. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, you had to head over to Bree, so you'll probably spend some time within the Prancing Pony. Uh, there's also the Dwarf House uh, you could go to within Bree, but it's not so much a. It's it's. Uh, I mean, it's it was. I think it was purchased by like the Blue Mountain Dwarf, like one blue well, one dwarf for the Blue Mountains. But I don't think it was like I don't think it's like a proper inn. I can't remember exactly, but like the the Prancing Pony would probably be the place that you would hang out. Um. Okay. So Arrhenial. Gilly, you ask around, you kind of get pointed to uh, Marge Oakstout. You learn that she is she lives in the East Row neighborhood of Bree, which is uh, not the most affluent part of the town. Uh, and it's also a little bit more uh, less receptive uh, to, to certain outsiders here and there. But nonetheless, you don't really have too much trouble uh, kind of locating her. And uh, you knock on the door of what looks like a kind of a, 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 a ramshackle ramshackle home that doesn't look to be in, in particularly particularly well kept. There's a, a garden uh, out front that uh, has seen better days. Uh, but uh, and you can see that certainly upkeep of the home itself hasn't been been maintained. Uh, you can see that the eaves are kind of falling here and there, a shutter of one of the windows is a little bit crooked and uh, it definitely could use with some some touch up. Uh, but you knock on the door and eventually uh, an elderly woman, you would probably peg her, you know, uh, in her, eh, I hate saying, I shouldn't have said elderly, now I feel insulting. In her 60s probably, you would imagine. Hollis is, a, is an older man himself. He was in his 30s or 40s when you met him. It's hard to say, he'd lived such a hard life the past few years. But as she opens the door, you can see she's got a, like a shawl or, or or even a blanket wrapped around her. It's not particularly cold. It's late summer, early autumn. Um, but the door opens up and you can see. <coughs> yes, can I help you? Yes, hello. Are you Marge? Uh, yes, I, I am. Who, who might you be, my dear? Uh, we are and we're acquaintances of Hollis. Oh, my, uh, my son, I see. It's not many that uh, care to call themselves acquaintances of him any longer. Are you the, uh, the criminal associations or are you the friendly type? Uh, friendly type. We just met him not long ago. Hmm. So you're not one of those 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 foul thieves and and cutthroats and good for nothing fools who has got my poor Hollis in the into all sorts of trouble. Is that what no, you're saying? No, ma'am. Mm. Kind of looks at you with like a one of her eyes gets really big and bulgy, and the other one is is like crinkled down. Um, Avrinial, I want you to give me. Uh, just a test to see how kindly she's going to be to you. So give me a, just a starting social test to sort of establish whether or not she's going to be treating you friendly. Like how cordial a courtesy would probably be the ideal role here. Um, but I can be talked into something else. An anonymous I cheer. Thank you so will. much. Appreciate it. Thank you for that. I'm going to use, um, Get an one extra, of the, extra bit. um, all right, that'll bring us back. I'm going to go ahead and use one of the non-snowshoe D6s for this okay. courtesy roll. Okay. Take her traveling with us. 
She doesn't even make it two miles out of town. Oh, God. Okay. okay. So, courtesy with a bonus. I'm uh, looking for a 14. Okay. All right. I don't know why you don't spend the five to get that favored. Uh, and don't forget to refresh your fellowship points, too. You should have, I think you should be at oh, six. That's right. And we need to chat about that afterward. Okay. So she looks you up and down, and she re- she gets the feeling, uh, and, and, and as her eye, as her one big giant eye begins to like pop up and starts to focus, and she get kind of gets the gist of what you are. Like, you are, in fact, uh, one of those ranger types as she sees like your rough spun clothing here and there you kind of have this disposition about you this look in your face of someone who has traveled even at your young age Mm -hmm. Hmm. and as you say that you're one of like you're one of his his friendly acquaintances and not one of the ones who've gotten him to trouble say i'll be the judge of that now what is it you want oh i'm sorry i didn't see there was someone with you Uh, my name is Gilly Kettlegrass. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. And she'll hand, put her hand out for a handshake. She goes, <coughs> and she then she reaches out the hand that she had just coughed into mm-hmm. to shake your hand. Uh, yeah, well, there's a little hobbit's one. Shakes it if you take it. Uh, she tries desperately <laughs> not to cringe, but she will shake the hand. Okay. All right. Uh, but I, I don't feel my home is in a state worthy of entertainment. So speak your peace here. Let me get back to my rest. I am quite ill, mind you. Uh, yes, we actually just made your son's acquaintance not that long ago when he let us know that um, you know he's not able to come in and check on you as often as he like. And so we said that we would stop by and see how you were doing and see if there's anything that we could do before we um, head back out of town again. So my Hollis sent you here to check up on me, did he? Yes, ma'am. We we offered. That's very that's very thoughtful and he was always a very thoughtful boy. He always made sure his poor mother was taken care of. And of course, that was until he betrayed his charge. His warden made me and himself a, a pariah, a social outcast. And she just starts, like, kind of spitting here and there. She's, like, clearing her throat a bit. Well, well if you're here and you really want to help, uh, I need, yeah. Uh, definitely, the fence needs repairing. I uh, definitely need to do some mulching in the garden there. And if you would be so kind as to run down the street and uh, collect maybe a few seeds from some of the uh, some of the general stores downtown, you might be able to replant. Also, my eaves are breaking, and that shutter right there—it makes oh all sorts of racket at night when I'm trying to sleep. If you could possibly oil the hinges a bit to ensure that it doesn't make as much noise. And I do have a leak on the roof as well. Uh, it's been leaking down into the Gilly. kitchen area. Uh, well, it seems that you've accumulated quite a to-do list in Hollis's absence. I think there are... Pro- and she's just sort of stammering and sort of looking at Gilly. I, we could probably do a couple of those things, 
Oh, I guess. Maybe. I guess yep. you're not oh. his. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, a couple of those things, I guess. You're, you did say acquaintance, I suppose, and not a friend. And, and you are one of those self-important ranger types and concerned with your own business and not with those of the town. So yes, yes, do whatever you think's fair, I suppose. And so Arineal will sort of pull Gilly just out of earshot and just say, this is, don't know how, how things work here, but this is, this is your town. Is there anyone here that could maybe come in and check on her and help her with some things? If, I mean, we did come upon a little coin last time. Maybe we could. I thought you were here to help me, not, not getting someone else to help me. There's oh, no one within this neighborhood that'll help me. Just a bunch of self-righteous, self-important, selfish folk like that John Fernie and his ugh, and the company he keeps. I tell you, it's absolute outrage that they do what they do to my boy, kick him out of the city, not just out of the wardens, but that Fernie fella can trade with all sorts of foreigners and southerners and... And no one bats an eye at his, uh, at his business. Oh, it's quite unfair, I tell you. But anyway, are you afraid to get your hands dirty? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, ma'am. And Gilly would like to do a craft roll to fix, <laughs> fix the sounds great. Uh, window. <laughs> that sounds great, yeah. And this will just be like for it all. Let's see how effective you do. Craft roll, see how effective you do. And you're welcome to burn some of those, uh, some of those bits. Oh, she's just ripping it. Okay. It's a failure. (laughs) All right. Uh, What's it under? What was your target? What was your target, by the way? Uh, 16. 16. Okay. All right. So Gilly, mind you, she's preparing for a journey. So she's, she like was just kind of like following behind a renial, like just out of habit. And so she has a bunch of just books that she was flipping through. And then this woman starts scolding us about not fixing her things. And mm-hmm. she's just like shuffling her papers. She doesn't have any of her tools with her. So she's trying to like <laughs> use her book to like help beat down the hinges. And she's like, uh, perhaps I should go get tools. <laughs> so we'll say just to sort of wrap this seat up that the uh that the afternoon continues in a very kind of well-intentioned uh but often awkward yeah. conversations here Couple and there trips to the general store <laughs> to get some oil as, as you, you, see, and you really go as quickly as we get and you come back and you are not necessarily uh craftspeople yourselves you're not necessarily carpenters or or, or, or whatnot uh or farmers so or gardeners and and you do what you can, and uh, more often than not, she's like over your shoulder, kind of examining what you're doing. And I, uh, you saw that's how that's supposed. Oh, oh, goodness! Oh, I told you to be careful. Oh, no, My you, that's not how you never. do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, if Hollis were here, he would make sure all of this was uh, ship shape. But no, I guess I'm forced to deal with two of you. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. And then when you leave, she thanks you. Uh, and she like maybe she gives you like 
like like this really dry like old like pastry like or bread that she made is anything fully hard work i suppose and you can tell it's stale it's probably she just doesn't want to like throw it out or something but it's probably a type of thing you might kind of throw at birds or something like that we'll we'll definitely take it and wish her good wishes and we'll (laughs) let hollis know that we yeah. like us to pass a note we will but thanks sure and so you get word to probably like elise who you know is the one who will be keeping in touch yeah. with hollis yeah. and you kind of pass along that she's doing okay quite the battle axe of a woman i like to envision it as like throw mama from the train where hollis is danny devito so and kind of go from there um yes, yes. okay so at long hey aaron how's it going so at long last uh, i think you guys are ready to leave uh and um Shall we shall we map out our uh, our journey phase at this point? <laughs> I also I love playing like old grumpy ladies. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Uh, okay, so let's let's dive back into how this works. So um, the journey phase rules. Remember, the three of you can access it in our journal directory under the rules folder. Um, but the first thing we do. Aaron, you are you are such a generous man. Thank you so much, uh, Melissa. Keep track. You guys are never gonna die. Never gonna die. I'm just gonna have to add three extra orcs to every single encounter just to make things fun. Um, Please don't. All right, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would never do that. Skilly's just like I rolled to intimidate again as a troll. <laughs> that was so great. All right. So uh, so you guys get to map it out. You can use the tools, the writing tools, to sort of map it out. Uh, just draw it essentially from Bree to where you're going. Um, I will ping again once more about, because you can see on the map, uh, far to the northeast, almost in a straight northeastern line from Bree, uh, there is Mount Graham. You can actually see it written uh, right next to the Etten That's close enough. Just around there is fine. You don't have to be too precise with it. And so, just uh, one of you draw the draw the path you want to take. I think that the, I think you had talked about taking the Great East Road eastward a bit, uh, and yes. then somewhere before the last bridge, curving northward and heading up through the hills uh, in more of a northward fashion. So, why don't you go ahead and just map it out to be sure? Okay, that looks about right. Perfect. All right. So then, on my yeah, on my end, I essentially like kind of track the um, I, tr- I track that on my end because I have hexes and things like that. Um, okay, so then let's figure out what our your roles are going to be. Remember, there's four roles for the journey. There's guide, hunter, lookout, and scout. Uh, guide is the person who is going to be doing the travel roles. Uh, so they're the ones in charge of directions and things like that, route, rest, supplies, etc. And then you're going to be rolling the travel skill. Hunter is in charge of finding food in the wild. They're going to be rolling hunting. Uh, lookout is going to be in charge of keeping watch. They're going to be rolling awareness and scout is in charge of setting up camp and opening up new trails. And they're going to be rolling explore. Uh, so, uh, what roles is everyone going to be taking? Someone's going to have to take two because we have a group of three. Lookout is Gilly, please. Okay. Hunter's a renewal. You not. And I am the guide and the scout. Okay. I think that's how we had it set up last time too, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I totally forgot what Floyd's name was. Okay. It's a guide and scout. I think that all that makes sense. Okay. So after some time uh, doing your final visits with people, uh, you you get your things together. I th- uh, do one one of you has a pony, right? Doesn't um, 
Does some floor uh, have yeah, a I've pony? Yeah, I've also okay. have a, some sort of mount as well. Yeah, I have one, like a pack okay. mule kind of thing. Okay, so yeah, the two of you basically have like you know a pack mule or, or a pony to carry some of your things. A Renil, you don't. You get those. Uh, you, you kind of pile up what you can, camping gear. Uh, you probably have some cold weather gear, knowing that eventually in Angmar, it's supposed to be a kind of a cold, frigid land. You get that together. Uh, some rations and things here and there that might keep you for a while, but you do know that the journey's so long that you're likely have to do some hunting along the way. But you get some of these things together, pots and pans, etc., and you put it on top of your two ponies. Um, do we have names, by the way, for your horses? Yeah, mine is Beat. Beat, okay. Because he likes beats. That is a applicable name then. Okay. Uh, what about you, Gilly? Do you have a name for your horse or pony? Uh, her name uh, is Root. Root. We have Beat. So and we root. got we got Beat Root. Okay. Let's hope they Good don't die know. on the way. I like to know who I get to kill later. So yeah. <laughs> Horses in our games never. <laughs> They're quite misfortunate <laughs> creatures. <laughs> to old Twitch asks a very good question. Do these ponies have snowshoes? Because I've already now figured out how they're going to die. Uh, <laughs> okay. So that's all set. That's all good. Um, so I'm going to need uh, Floyd to go ahead and make a travel roll. Please. Feel free to use any of our extra D6s if you'd like. Travel. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and travel. Yeah, yeah, we have plenty of um, plenty of things you can do. Ooh, so. and your sunstone. Yeah, I do have an equipment sunstone. Mm-hmm. It says to navigate bad weather. Does that is that like flavor of the item or is it like? Uh, you can apply it here. I don't mind you, you okay. applying it to your travel rule. Uh, so we we see as you guys start to move out from beyond uh, Bree itself, you start getting on the road. Uh, which near enough to Bree is actually in relatively road-like shape, but you know that further along, it's probably gonna, you know, not look as as in as good repair. Um, but you start moving along, and and the road itself is easy enough to follow. But like you're also kind of maybe can maybe you're consulting some maps and things that uh, that Oswald was able to provide you, and kind of setting up between like. You know, the time time of year it is, when it's going to get cold, like how quickly you should move across these parts here and there. And so a lot of the early parts of the journey is that specifically. Uh, success. Okay. Success, yeah. Uh, all right. So, so again, what I'm doing, I'm just sort of going through this uh, overtly, but will not always be this overt, um, is what I'm doing is I'm sort of determining exactly how far along before we hit some kind of um, some kind of event is what's happening. Okay. All right. Let me get a little music going for the uh, the journey itself. All right. Okay. So you guys, you know, slowly start. Maybe you say goodbyes. You know, you see a couple people come to see you off. Uh, Balan is also has already has already left. Your patron has already left. He's he's off trying to find Gandalf. He has that very serious information to give them. Um, uh, Pink Line, we are, I think this is episode six, but we are jar- starting a new adventure phase. So like you, you're kind of coming in at a fairly good episode to, to start. We're starting a brand new adventure, but we did have one before this. Um, okay. Now, Melissa, you had expressed. So, okay. As you guys are traveling, 
along the Great East Road. It's, mm-hmm. you know, in, in your initial days, the first couple of days of travel or, you know, the first first day of travel, let's say, no issues whatsoever. You, you run into numerous people coming and going, uh, but you can tell that most of the travel, most of the traffic on the road, which is, is somewhat minimal, it really only goes for about a mile or two outside of town where you see people then kind of bleed off into the countryside here and there. And they go either north or south. And, you know, people who are going to do lumber work or people who are going to sort of a stone quarry, like in a close enough proximity to the town where they're not really kind of doing these extensive travel. After about a day's uh, journey east, you do come across... Um, on the sort of on the eastern edge of Breland, you do see along the southern side, you start to see this well ahead of time, but you can see what looks like this ramshackle wooden hovel that almost looks like an abandoned cabin uh, like that's just rotting on the side of the road. But as you get closer, you do notice that there is some traffic coming and going from it. You do see like these, you know, a few kind of unsavory types their cloaks kind of pulled up fairly high so as not to not to necessarily see you and like when they do when they kind of do look up they kind of eye you down a bit as if they're sort of assessing whether or not you are good targets for some chicanery um but you get the feeling that this is the forsaken inn that you've heard tell of uh you know that hollis and elise had both mentioned this hollis specifically said he had attended this here and there um but you can see there's a handful of, of folks that are milling about outside of this, this sort of ramshackle, ramshackle building. Uh, it's probably late, we'll say, in the evening. You've probably been traveling for about a day, uh, and you can see it's getting dark at night. Um, you have heard that this inn does, in fact, rent out rooms. Uh, you know that the proprietor is someone by the name of Jack, uh, and he takes all kinds as long as they can they have silver to spare so i guess the first question for you all then do you do you deign to go in there or do you just kind of push past and find somewhere else along the road to kind of make camp for your first night what do you guys say we stay a night find out what this little hub is about i think for gathering more information sounds like a good idea gilly are you up for a at least a dinner here, and then we can go from there. Gilly, she won't lie. She looks a little apprehensive. She's not the most intimidating of persons, <laughs> but but as long as you guys are cool with it, she's down. Okay. We can start with a dinner, see how it goes, and we can always continue on if we need to. But You check can... its Yelp scores? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's very much like a roadside bar, like like in the middle of nowhere, but in this case, it's fairly close to Brie, but it has that kind of feel to it. Like there's sort of an intimidating quality. You steer off the road as you can see the clouds are beginning to form. It looks like there might be some light rain or so tonight. And a couple of people like look at you leer somewhat leerily as you as you move your your ponies up, you find a place up here to tie them off. There isn't proper service. You don't see like a a stable a stable person come out to take care of them and brush them down. But there are some troughs out here with some murky water. You're not sure the last time they've been it's been switched out. Uh, but there are one or two other animals that appear to be drinking from them. But otherwise, you're bringing the only the only you know pack animals or travel animals. Um, you can tell like as you open the door 
to this place, you can tell that it's... I mean, there's people here, uh, for sure. Uh, but as you move inside, like, you can immediately tell that it attracts a particular clientele. You don't see any, like, rambunctious, uh, uh, you know, bard, musician, minstrel playing anything. You can see that there's a bar here or there. Or like, there's a, at the bar, there's a, a patron here or there that their shoulders hunched over as they're drinking their brews, whatever it might be. There is a fire brewing, and there's some people that are huddled around it as well. Um, looking, you see that there is a man behind the counter uh, who is kind of watching as you as you come in, kind of staring at you pretty pretty clearly. As you come in as well, immediately next to the door, there is a very, very large bouncer-type figure. Uh, you can see not much hair left on his head, not because he's been like stylistically shaving it. It's just all patchy and gross. And he's a big, muscular man. Um, you notice that there is somebody behind the bartender that's trying to cut up what looks like vegetables, but is constantly saying, here and there. Um, over uh, over at the bar, there's what looks like a, a man and a woman that are sitting by, and then over by the over by the uh, the fire there's a group of uh what looks like a, a mixture of uh of men and women like about four of them that are kind of quietly by the fire what do you guys want to try to do here i would say I'll, go ahead Flo. i'll just approach the bar and be like i'll take a mug okay so you move up you ask for like you know a mug of of something and and uh, as you get up, like, I'll give you that mug as soon as you sell me some evidence you can pay for it, dwarf. Of course. And I'll reach into a pocket, bring out some like, silver or however much it is. So you put it down on the on the bar, and he kind of reaches across, takes a look at it. One brew it is. And he uh, reaches down, grabs what looks like a very cloudy glass that probably hasn't been cleaned in quite some time. There's little cracks in it here and there. And uh, it's probably not even a glass. It's probably just like a metal, uh, like a metal stein that's dented here and there and dirty. And he just pours in what looks like a very cloudy looking mug of ale and slides it over to you. Enjoy. How special. <laughs> he laughs. He's got like one of his teeth is just flat out and missing. And his rest are just yellow. Iridium will come up next and um, pay um, double so be able to get a drink for herself and Gilly. Okay. Uh, same thing, same process. And like you can see that they give Gilly kind of a, a kind of a sidewards glance. Like I didn't really have any trouble, it seems, with you or with Floyd, but like you can tell he's trying to assess is like maybe he probably hasn't seen too many hobbits, is, is, is what you might kind of conclude, but. You had the silver, and so he slides the mugs over. And you can see that the man and woman that are that are up here at this this bar area are just kind of occasionally kind of peeking over towards you and trying to assess exactly who these three newcomers are. Aurelio will just sort of kind of hold the stein up and just say, "Good evening." And uh, the one's eye. Evening. <laughs> Travelers, are you? And as she's doing that, you can see she's like spitting and she's teeth missing. She looks very, very disheveled here and there. 
one of them you can tell looks like it might be gold you're not sure like or or it maybe just be painted gold who knows we are indeed and the, the, she does one of those classic like just kind of lifts up off her stool and just sort of slides down and sits next to you well where you coming where you going oh the all of that is just my business but here we are together enjoying a drink oh no offense intended ma'am i was just making conversation been a it's been a lovely day out today and she'll share something nice about the weather that day do you so the minute you start talking about the weather you hear like a rumble of thunder and she kind of gives you a peculiar look like no i swear that like it's going to stones not hmm. To each their own, I suppose. So, uh, what's your uh, occupation? Going some merchants? Are you, uh, you selling something? I fear we're nothing to sell. Just a little time and a need a little rest and some drink. You buying something? I've got all sorts of things. And she turns over and she's like, Roddy, hand me me big. And he's, you know, like the guy just kind of looks at her, <clears throat> reaches down, and you hear this like clinkling is like kind of of his bag. And it's it's like this horrible stained ruts, rucksack that's seen horribly better days. And she starts pulling out all of this, what looks like fairly, you know, rugged and, and uh, like dented, almost sort of trash occasionally a nice piece but we're talking like goblets we're talking like random like daggers and things like that she might be a scavenger might be a pickpocket you're not really sure but she just starts she's just laying all this stuff out in front of you none of it looks particularly useful to you but it's all like rusted or broken dented here and there in some way oh, and i was special for that buy two get one for three well that's quite generous of you and she'll kind of look to Gilly and Floy and see if there's anything that strikes their fancy. You've got quite the haul here, but I don't think we'll need any of it. How about I I wasn't talking to you, dwarf. I was talking to the lady. Pull out. Now, let's get down to business. You were saying you were going to buy two and get the third for free. You you did say that that was the deal that you were you were running today. She looks. My she's like dear. staring at Floy right now, really angry that you kind of messed up her deal. Like, <laughs> okay, dwarf. I'll see how it is. You're coming in here, and you're going to somehow ruin the way I I make my living. You don't see me interrupting your business now, do you? And now you come in here, I'll hide a sail, all ready to go. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm watching you. So she starts slowly packing things up. And she's got like this very angry and evil look on her face now. Okay. Ernie looks at Gilly because she was about to say something. Oh, sorry. Uh, Gilly that. was just people watching. So like she was ignoring that whole situation. <laughs> And she was just watching okay. the rest of the bar. Roll a scan test. 
as you look around, see if you can pick up anything in particular as you do a look around the room. And while that hap- while that's happening, Arania will buy the woman a drink and just say, I didn't necessarily see anything that I needed right now, but happy to share a beverage with you. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what, roll a courtesy test to see if you can salvage the situation. And since you're buying her a drink, take a bonus die for that. All right. Uh, Gilly, is there something in, with a great success? Is there something in particular you're looking for? Or are you just trying to get a lay of the land? Right now, she's just trying to see uh, if there's anything super suspicious that sticks out. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. You do notice... Uh, okay, so two things I'll say since you got a great success. I'll give you two things. First, you notice that behind the bar... The guy who's like chopping vegetables and stuff has like a blindfold on. And like every time like he goes to chop and like he, he almost cuts a finger off here or there and he like yelps in pain and then he starts rubbing his eyes and and while you're watching he sort of pulls the blindfold up and you can see his eyes are just terribly red and sort of swollen and they look it looks like he's suffered some kind of injury or not necessarily an injury but something like infection or something like that is happening. Um, so that's one thing you notice. Um, the other thing you notice is uh, down by the fire, there's just a like a, a more than once like you you see that like they whisper, like that group of maybe four men and women whisper, and then they kind of look in your direction, and then they turn back and they whisper, and then they look, and then one of them gets up and leaves, and you kind of get the sense that maybe they were talking about you. So when Gilly notices that, she'll kind of elbow Foy while Arenial is having a conversation with that lady trying to sell her wares. What did you do that for? Uh, see the people over by the fire? Yes, yeah, I see you. Oh, they, I think they're they're watching us. Yep. One just went outside. Maybe, maybe we should go check on the horses? No, what are they going to do to our horses? All our stuff's packed on there. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So the two of you go outside. Arrhenio, you hang back. Uh, yeah. Floy, Gilly, you get outside. Um, uh, go ahead and roll. Like, uh, do I? Uh, awareness is probably a good thing. Go ahead and roll awareness to see if you can a sense of, of where they've gone. I failed. Great okay. success. Uh, yeah, so Gilly, you notice that one of them has, uh, has left, and they're kind of moving off in a way, but not on the road. They're moving like sort of across the road into the sort of the northern parts on the northern side of the, the Great East Road, and they're sort of trying to disappear into what looks like some of the, the overgrowth and behind trees and things like that as they're trying to slip away unnoticed. Do, do uh, he's, he's heading, do we follow? Should we get a renial? Or am, am I overthinking? You said they're after horses, our horses are fine. They are fine, you look at him. Yeah, he's just, I don't know. 
Let's just this bring our things is, in and get a room. This place is stressing me out. Just because everyone's bigger than you, Gildy. There's nothing to stress out about. Hey! Hi, you should know. Hi is a sensitive topic, sir. How dare... And then, like, indignation. And she just storms inside. She okay. throws down her beer. <laughs> and floys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um... So, Arenio, what are you doing? Inside? Well, actually, the three of you. Any more you want to do in here? I'm like, you I had can a see great there's... success, by the way, in my uh, courtesy roll. Okay, so yeah, so she's like, uh, hey. oh, thank you. It's very kind. Thank you very much. Uh, and then once once the dwarf leaves, and she's like, I don't know how you travel with that one. He just looks just dirty as a. As a, as a Backside of a pouting. Just, oh, goodness me. He just uh, probably rakes, he does. And, like, you're sitting next to her, and, like, her breath sure. is yeah. awful. And she looks dirty and looks like she hasn't probably bathed in a month. And she's just, like, just railing on Floyd at this point. Like, well, uh, you sure there's nothing you're looking to buy, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, maybe a specialty item or something. We could, you yeah, know, we take orders here and there. It might take some time to find, but you know, we could potentially get it for you, the hubby and I. Well, let me. Let me, th- let me think about that. I, I know you're here now, so if I think of something, I, I always know where I can. where I can find you. Don't say this the wrong way, but we. We don't really get people of your cleanliness in here frequently. And usually when we do, they're flashing around one of them warden badges and asking questions or something like that. You one of them them brave wardens looking for so-and-so or this and that. Is that what oh, you're no. looking for? Because we sell that kind of thing too, information. If you're paying, we might have some for you, you know? Well, I just general. I don't have a specific question that I know, but just general rumors and going on, goings on. I think I would be very curious. Skelly has There's, a question. Skelly want to whisper the question in a really ear. <laughs> <laughs> no, if Gilly's at the table at that sure. point and she overhears, she'll kind of sure. like lean up on the table and be like, "Uh, I I have a question for you." Yes, Hobbit. And like, it it breezes past Gilly. She she don't care. Uh, there were some hill folk here not too long ago. I know, and I'm looking for some names. Hill and folk. Mm-hmm. And she'll slide over some coin. Okay. There's a woman with bright red hair. I want the information you can give me about her. Okay. Um, go ahead. I'll give you, 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 you have an option. Like, what, what do you want to roll here? You can roll, like, you're rolling this partially as this is to get information out of her, both, like, verbally, but also kind of read her, her, her response. So, like, what, what would you like to roll here that, that would probably best suit you? Um, I was hoping. Why do I have four there? Courtesy. 
Uh, yeah, I can take. I mean, courtesy is fine. Like, I mean, that's kind of an all-purpose sort of social interaction. It's cool. That's cool. We yeah. can do that. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Oh no. No. Wow. You guys really, can you I... have so many resources. You can't use them after yeah. the fact. You yeah. cannot use them after no, the no, fact. No, no, no. I know, so I know. You, I was like, you use don't them ahead of time rules. or you don't use them. That even was at advantage and, or at uh, favored. Mm -hmm. Favored. That was... You have a billion yeah. uh, mm -hmm. audience purchase bonus die and you guys are hoarding them. You should, I you should use one. them. Can you use more than one? Um, okay. So she looks. She looks at you with sort of a disdain, and mm -hmm. I will say this: the minute you start mentioning like some sort of kind of fiery-haired woman and whatnot, and she kind of clams up at that point. Well, till you have a good night, I suppose. That's all we have to say to each other. She gets up and starts sliding back over towards her hubby, and that's when Gilly like elbows Arenial like. Obviously, she didn't like me, but you had an in. Uh, Arinia will add another silver to the mix. Just say, I'm sure there's local rumor that you are perfect to know. Okay. Because you rolled a great success before, I'll let it carry over onto here. Hey, Richard, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for joining us. Uh, okay, so because you're you're sliding over a silver and you got that great success before, I'll roll it over to here. Okay. And she's like, Okay, since you're paying, but I want another one of these. One from me, hubby. And we're kind of hungry. We haven't had dinner tonight, so maybe you could take care of that too. Sure, be happy to. Well... About a few weeks back, maybe a month. Yeah, we had some strange folk coming in and out. You know, not the usual type. All of us sort of recognized each other. Yeah, well, you can kind of spot a professional in the crowd if you get me drift. <laughs> kind of elbows you in the side. These, uh, well, these, they had a different look to them. Yeah, you know? both in the eyes. And also in the body, big folk, tall, strong looking. And they got tattoos on their faces and necks and things. And they were sort of pushing everybody around like they owned the place. Buckle, right back there. And she points to the guy who's chopping up vegetables. He might have got the worst out of it at some point. Because that fiery haired woman that that little hobbit was talking about. Well, he was... He was just bringing her food, and they were talking, he was asking about some fancy little act she had with her, and she just, like, blew her a handful of dust in his freaking face, and now he can't see no more. But yeah, they were... They were a bit, uh... Yeah, not... Not the type to do business. Yeah, Roddy and I, we followed him for a bit, maybe we could... Yeah, some some leavings here and there, maybe find an opportune moment to acquire, you know, acquire something for resale. Nothing presented itself, but they, uh, they were peculiar, that's for sure. A strange, strange tongue, you know, made everyone kind of shiver in here, and most people, you know, shiver. 
If you understand me, Drift. But, uh, yeah, yeah. They gave me a wrong feeling, you know. They weren't proper criminals, is what I'm saying. Did you happen to catch... I know it sounds like you weren't able to get anything that they had, but were you able to catch the drift of their conversation? Oh, well, they were asking all sorts of questions. Yeah, they were asking about all the villages, you know, Bray, Stettle, Combe, Orchard, all of them, you know, this and that. They were asking about defences and just how capable the Bray Wardens were, how much they... How seriously they took things. It's strange, you know, because, yeah, they're not the greatest, not the brightest, but most of us, we limit all of our attention to certain places. This is usually a a safe crowd for professionals, but but the pony, the lamplighter, comb and waddle, they're fairground, and that's usually where people do their task, and on the streets, of course. But it's like they wanted to know more. They were also talking about that dead man's dyke there, where they were asking all sorts of questions. And they were looking for someone too. It's smart fella, they said. Scholars of the area, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it seems fairly clear that they were up to more than just some thieving. Not bad. that there's anything wrong with that. I think they were grave robbers, personally. Not a task I had much care for. Oh, I've got what? standards, of course. Why grave robbers? What well, they, you were talking, they were talking about the dead. Like the dead and the bones and graves and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were asking where the bodies were buried, you know, and the downs and such. Hmm. Well, that's. Roddy and I didn't say, say nothing. We didn't help them at all, you know. Just tip of the cap and move on. But when they caught us on the road, oh, and I never felt like I was going to die ever so much as right then. She looked at me and she was talking, and I swear that that X was. I didn't like it. Pure black, all of it. As tall as I am, it was. Could have hewn me in two, I think. There's a rumour going around, and I don't even know it's true. But someone like me and Roddy did try to take a little something from them. And that's exactly what they did. Cut them right in half. I wasn't there to see it, but that's what I heard. She sounds quite dangerous. Yeah. They called her, uh, they called her Lordy, she said. That's what they said, Lordy. Heard it a few times here and there, whatever that means. Now, is that not worthy of a, another round and maybe uh, some of that salted pork? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Have, have you seen her recently or has she taken her leave nah. in this area? I haven't seen any of them for like three, four weeks, maybe. You said you followed them? A, a wee bit of the ways, yeah. Oh, what what way did, did they go? Yeah, sort of back towards the Bray, but up a ways, you know, in the north a bit. Uh, and then once we got off the road, that's when we started. It It's a little more dangerous then. You can you can make an argument to somebody on the road that you're just a traveler when you're on the road, 
but you start bumping into people when you're a couple miles off the road, that's a lot harder pill for folks to swallow. Um, could you perhaps introduce me to your friend, Buckle? Oh, he ate me friend. Hey, Buckle! Yeah, and, he, and he's like, Whoops! Oh! Oh! And he turns around, blood kind of coming down as he kind of cut into one of his hands. Whoa! Oh! I, I caught it again! God, God dang it, Bev! Will you, just, you see me working here? Why are you yelling all that? And he, he turns around, his hands kind of, you can see there's cuts and bruises. He's got, looks like wraps and like, you know, the equivalent of bandages here and there. A couple of really crude stitches all around his hands where he's just been, been kind of cutting up his fingers. And he kind of, he waddles over and you can see the bartender, Jack, who's like moving around the room, kind of wiping, not really wiping tables, but just kind of clearing tables here and there. He just kind of looks and just sort of shakes his head as he's watching this guy come up. What, what do you want, Bev? Uh, so, sorry to interrupt. Uh, my name is Gilly. Gilly, uh, I heard you had an incident where some woman blew some dust into your eyes. Yeah. Would Would you mind terribly if I if I took a look at it? I I am learning some healing. You can help me. I I would I would love to try. Check it out. Uh, we're going to have to poke him out, and that'll make the pain go away, but I don't want to poke him out. I, I, I would love to see what I could do, uh, if, if, you, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, so he, he undoes his blindfold, which is essentially a dirty like dish rag, and it's probably mm-hmm. not helping the process at all. <laughs> but you can see his eyes have been, like the eyelids, uh, you, know, the, you know, everything around the upper parts of the cheeks all of it just looks like it's suffered like what we would probably think like is like acidic burns essentially right like 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 it just looks terrible and like the eyelids themselves are kind of like melted down onto the onto the ball here and there and like the bits of the the eyeballs you can see like there's all sorts of discoloration and redding uh swollen parts of it and it just looks it's it's actually quite awful to look at which is probably why in this bar slash restaurant in he's wearing the blindfold so yeah you want to you want to try to help him huh yep i would like to try can i help gilly help him uh do you yeah yeah yes okay so we gotta i gotta remember how to do this like the uh the assisting one person Uh, can do it fellowship focus yes okay yeah so she can assist me Oh, well, no, that doesn't, that the, fo- the fellowship focus doesn't determine who can assist what. Like you have to, let me get the rule. Oh, I had I've, it up. I've got it mixed up with something. Uh, if, so, if you're the fellowship focus and you're assisting, I think you get an extra bonus die. I think that's what it is. But anyone can, can mm. do support of each other. Uh, so yeah, I got it right here. So uh, support. Um, a player hero can make an effort to help another member of the company who is making a skill row. To do so, the supporting character has to spend one point of hope to like the active players, in this case, the active player would be Gilly, uh, uh, gain one one dice. And I think, if I recall, that if you if you're if it's the fellowship focus, I think you might actually get two die from that. 
any a player hero may support another only if the circumstances allow it, and only if the supporting hero possesses at least one rank in an appropriate skill. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be the specific skill that Gilly's using; it just has to be something appropriate. All right, are you willing to lend a hope? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, and then you get an extra die, uh, Gilly. Go right ahead. Yep. And then we can either spend five for uh, favored, unless it's already favored for you, if you want. Well, I think so Stanley I'm getting... makes a good point. This is this is definitely a snowshoes issue right here. <laughs> <laughs> so I get at least so I get two from from her. I'd like to spend one of the crowd dice. Got it. So that's three bonus die that I'm rolling. Okay. And then is it favored? It's not favored. Okay. If you, I mean, we have plenty. If you wanted to. Uh. We Five are. Five to get to favored. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Do we want to do favored? No, no. I'll just do the three. I mean, it's only his eyesight. You know, whatever. It's fine. Oh, that's awful. Shit. You guys are just so greedy. You're just so greedy. You just won't use them. They want to help you guys, and then you just, you just, you just shove it right back in their face. Uh, Yeah, you spend some time doing it, but you make no, you just make no progress. Not only that, but like. He's like yelping in pain the whole time uh, wow. as you're trying to sort of peel back, cut away, like you're trying to like sap out some pus here and there, drain yeah. certain areas that look swollen. And he's just howling in pain. And at a certain point, like Jack, the bartender, comes out like, all right, that's enough of this. That's enough of your driving customers away. What's wrong with you? Clearly down now your ass from your elbow. Get yes, get away from him. Buckle, put your damn blindfold on. You're scaring away customers and get back to chopping those carrots. Oh. Okay, okay, Jack. Buckle, sorry. I'm so sorry. It's uh, okay. You, you definitely, uh, Alcott and Bree. She's she's wonderful. If you if you have the chance, uh, you you should definitely see her. Okay, I'll look for Alcott and Bree. Thank you. Okay. Oh, ow! Ow! As he oh, goes back to cutting. No. Yeah. Like he he's not like completely blind, but he can yeah you know, he can barely yeah. see. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Anything else you guys want to do? Buy the drinks and meat and dinner for okay. Bev and her husband. All right. <laughs> the best cure for pink eye is always a snowshoe. Agree. Just, just poke them right out. Uh, anything else you want to do while you're here? Um. No is a perfectly acceptable answer. When I ask that, it's not a trick question. Yeah. I just want to no, know if it's okay if to move on. If we're like lingering, though, like Gilly would definitely like to see what those people who are by the fire like. Just kind of keep an eye on them because she's still like weary. Okay. Um, like, in, in I mean, other than keeping an eye on them, like, is there something more active you're doing? Because like, I, I don't think in terms she's of she's trying to like, uh, like listen in to their conversation, like eavesdrop. Uh, okay. Uh, roll awareness, but this one I'm gonna say like has the potential to go south. If like if you fail, they could potentially see you trying to eavesdrop. Take the five. So what I'm saying is, is that there oh, will there's the potential for oh, okay. there's the potential for bad ramifications if they catch you. Okay. Yeah. You want one extra d6? Yes, please. Got it. success okay 
you overhear them talking about how the other one had gone off to let apparently there's like they they do this sort of setup thing on the road where they just let you know certain folks know that there's going to be some travelers coming through that might be worth a a toll or a tax and it seems that you've all been targeted because apparently you showed up with these fancy horse and pony with all these things throwing silver around in the bar like you own the place you know that type of thing and so you guys have been essentially targeted potentially by bandits somewhere along the road well that's good information to have okay yeah Okay, I so think Rennie will probably be ready to call it. So Rennie will kind of look to Gilly and just ask, "Are you good to s- good for us to spend the night here?" I mean, it's a group decision, but I mean, if our horses, if stuff's missing in the morning, I reserve the right to say I told you so. <laughs> you you do know that. Like- Someone's setting up to try to rob you. Like that's, yeah, that's just fact at this point. Do we give them more time to set up to rob us, or do we try and get past this hurdle before they have the chance to get too prepared? I see your point. So Gilly's vote is to to try and move past where we might get jumped. Floy. Uh, yeah, we can do a little night travel okay. or evening travel. All right. So you guys pay your tab. You give a little little goodbye to to uh, Ruddy and Bev and to Buckle, and you depart. You get back out and you hustle away, pick up your pace, and you kind of continue your trek. Uh, for the evening. Um, you're able to move like a significant distance, uh, even in the dark. The Where you're at, like the road is still in, in decent enough shape that it's, it's not difficult to follow at night. You know, more than once you hear sort of strange sounds coming from like off the road into the darkness here and there that are, are more than a little unsettling, but you do manage to kind of, kind of keep to, uh, you know, keep to the, the road. At a, a couple points, you swear you see shadows kind of moving about as if maybe someone's kind of flanking you or following you here and there. These these figures, you get to the point where maybe it's just your imagination uh, that's following you, uh, but you're not, uh, you know, extraordinarily sure about that. Um, all right, I need to roll something really quick. I need... Uh, okay, I need... Uh, so I'm rolling something up. Okay, I need... Um, who's the hunter? I think that was a Rineal. Rineal, go yes. ahead and roll a hunting roll. As you guys look about, you try to find somewhere slightly off the road, maybe not directly on it, but close enough to it, but not too far away. And you're kind of settling down, trying to get some food. You want to prolong some of the rations that you have as long as you can. So you start moving about, looking if there's any game in the local area. Go ahead and roll a hunting test. Okay. I took uh, one of our extras, and it's already favored. 
Let's see how I do. That looks awful. We cannot roll well tonight at all. Again, you could spend five and get favored and all sorts of things. It was already things, favored. It was already favored. Oh, well, you know. I know. That's what I said. Uh, We're rolling yeah. awfully tonight. It was I already guess favored. you all are just meant to not even make it uh, barely out of the prelims. Okay. <laughs> all right. So on the bright side, you guys are on the road. Uh, so it's not too terrible. So what I'm doing is I'm essentially like rolling for the, those events and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the night progresses, um, and it's not a very, it's not a very comfortable one as you camp here along the road, and more than likely most of you don't really get any kind of good rest, as all sorts of strange sounds kind of like keep you up in the middle of the night. Your fire flickering to the dying embers from time, you know, and like but. But from time to time, you hear, you know, it sounds like you know, wolf pack wargs in the distance or something. You hear a weird kind of like nearby what looks like a small copse of trees. You hear like what sounds almost like sounds of sort of strange whispering sort of wafting in that just gives you those flashbacks to your time when you were in Fornos, those those weird visions you were having. You don't have any visions, but like just the sound of the wind. And then it starts to rain a bit. The thunder kicks in, and all of you, you make, you make almost, almost no sleep. Everyone, go ahead and uh, roll a vigor test. I'm sorry, no, you don't even. Yeah, everyone, everyone, go ahead and roll a vigor test. I, I was right. Yeah. Is it vigor a skill? Or... No, it's not. Yeah, it's vigor and wisdom on the upper right, because this is essentially your you're rolling valor. Sorry, uh, you're oh. rolling um to test uh this is against shadow shadow okay. points. can we use everything it's just like a normal roll yeah you can okay. you can use whatever you want uh, I like... can i have a dice mom yep <laughs> i know what to use i failed okay oh my gosh <laughs> jeez guys also... um god damn it i will also take one Oh my gosh, we all failed. Uh, one of you can move, by the way, your uh, your token till about a little southwest of Weathertop. Like, see where Weathertop is? You're on the road. You're just north of those trees. You can move it there. I'm on a different map, so if somebody else can handle it, I'd appreciate that. Um, okay, yeah, perfect. Um, all of you, go ahead and take a point of shadow as, like, like between the dreams and the weird sounds you're hearing, like, giving you those, those visions and the reminiscing of, like, you know, of what happened at Fornost and then just not getting any sleep, the shadows moving about, you also take two fatigue. So one shadow and two fatigue. So the travel stuff. Our rolls have been just awful. Just <laughs> awful. All night. That's because we were rocking ones in Delta Green. Yeah, you guys were like, yeah, you guys our single digits. Okay. Uh all right, I need Floyd as morning comes and you can uh, you wake up to an overcast day. You can see Weathertop, the ruins of Weathertop off to the northeast upon a hill um, in the distance. But it's there's this sort of gloomy feel all of a sudden. You no longer have the, the buildings of Bree in your sight. 
And so you're, you're, you're well and beyond the town at this point. You're well and beyond even the Forsaken Inn. You've got this strange forest to the south of you that was kind of playing tricks on your ears all night. Uh, Floyd, go ahead and roll another travel test. All right. Let's hope for safe roads. Do you like <laughs> any extra dice? <laughs> Australis, I think uh, Adam from Grim and Perilous, uh, he was like a Xeno Wraith. I think that's what we're calling it. We're going to have a crossover. How terrible. Great success. Yay. Okay. All right. So. Despite what ultimately is a fairly rough night for you all, like you get up, you have breakfast, you, you likely have... If you feel decently confident, you might have gotten beyond the, the wherever that ambush point might have been. And you, you kind of feel a little greater safety at the very least in that. At the same time, like you are, again, pushing away and further away. And there's kind of a loneliness now. There's like this solemnness. You pass by Weathertop. And while there doesn't seem to be any, any activity up there, you know, just kind of looking at the ruins of this once kind of great you know, tower, especially you, Gilly, who's probably red, and, and you, Arvinial, who probably have some history of the place. Like it, you know, it kind of weighs a little bit on your hearts a bit. It's about, you know, most of the time over the next, you know, few days of your travel is is fairly uneventful. Um, you don't really have any too di- too much difficulty. The road itself is easily recognizable. Like so, you don't really have any any trouble. You know, losing track of where you're at. Um, you do run into, uh, kind of on the second day, this is maybe two days after your time at the Forsaken Inn going along the road, you do notice up ahead, um, or I should, to the south, you see coming a bit of a ways, you see two figures. Uh, neither one are on like horseback or anything like that. Cresting over a hill a few miles away. Uh, it's hard to see from this point, you know, unless somebody has some sort of, I'm not even sure if spyglass or we even have them. I know we have the sunstone thing, but off to the south, you see what looks like two figures moving. Um, at the pace you're moving, you're likely could like kind of breeze past and not have any contact with them whatsoever. Or you can kind of linger and see who they, who they might be. But you have, like, this is one of those things where like, if you wanted to hang back and see why there's people moving about in the countryside to the south, you could, or you can just sort of hustle and kind of keep moving. It's, it's kind of up to you guys. Ordeal's curious. Okay. Just kind of slow the pace down until they kind of come to a right. crossing point. Uh, sure. Um, go ahead and roll awareness. Already. Taken an extra. Is that a yay? Hey, look, you finally got a success. Okay. You notice, um, before anyone else, well, like, you know, like that, that you, your eyes kind of even more keen eyed perhaps than Gilly, uh, you, you do notice that they, they appear to be at a distance. They kind of look like fairly stocky figures. You worry at first it might be like stray goblins separated from their warband or something like that. But after a while, like you notice that they're dwarves and, they're kind of moving on this sort of jogging pace, uh, a familiar image to you now at this point. 
Like in, in, it's an indelible image now, the jogging dwarf. And you can see that they're kind of, they're, they're, they're carrying a lot of gear. You can see they have weaponry ready. It looks like they have some armor on and such. And they're just kind of fairly, you know, kind of huffing here and there. And, you know, about a, you know, it's about a, about a half a mile, you know, from the, from the road at, at this point. The question is whether, like, do you, do you make yourselves known? Do you hide? Like, is there a, a particular thing that you guys want to do? Floyd, do you see what's coming off to the, from the south there? Yeah, I do. And I'll wave them down, actually. Like, oh, Okay. Billy will join as well. Hello! Okay, and you see they're, <laughs> and then they look up and they, they see they, they're not startled as much as they're sort of surprised, but they do come to a come to a stop. Uh, the dwarves are natural, natural born sprinters, uh, <laughs> and they uh, they come to a stop along the road and they're like, Hello. and there's two of them. They both you know they look they're sweating. They're covered in what looks like all sorts of different bits of. They're chainmail leather, like they're kind of dressed almost for for battle, for war in some way. They got these large axes, some of which look to have have recently been used, uh, not yet fully clean, but they're kind of huffing. Uh, that cousin, uh, young what are lady, you running we're not running from anything. Dwarves don't run from nothing. Not are you calling us a coward there? Of course not. I was just seeing you in a hurry. You're trying to get somewhere. Uh, we, we are indeed. Uh, in fact, perhaps you might be able to help us with... Uh, we are looking for uh, a band of... Um, he kind of spits as he says this. Walks. Goblins led by a... <clears throat> very large fat... Orc who deigns himself one of the herd types. And he points over towards Arineo. Calls himself Rautag. We're up oh. from our colony down in Dunlin. Where they've, uh, they've done some harm to us and we've heard, we've heard tale rumor that they've been roaming about in these parts. Are these tales fiction? Are they, are they fact? No, we've heard of a Rotag as well. But I think he's up what was the north. The north, you say. That's where we're headed. We will to come along. And they kinda of look at each other like We have very specific business. We've got a, a vengeance on our plate. And uh, I must warn you we don't have much time for dilly dallying. They've seen you since we crested that hill miles back. The three of you just wandering about in the street, on the road like everyone you are going to meet's friendly. We don't have time for that kind of thing. We've got a very singular mission. It'd be nice to have company at the same time if this is how you do business. Lingering here and there, speaking to everyone you come in contact with. Having chats and that kind of thing. We we are actually planning to gather some additional information before we take Rotag head on. Additional information. Okay. We want him dead. Well. We, we do share a goal. 
That is true. But do we share priorities? Is the question. Uh, killing him is up there, but we do need to gather information. Uh, we are worried that there is an absurdance of uh, Rotags uh, associates. Uh, we we're trying to figure out who is leading him. They kind of exchange a look, and like the one who's been doing the talking looks over toward the other. Uh, Floyd, you would know this. I don't, but Arenio and Gillywood, you have like the distinct impression that the one he's looking over his shoulder towards, like that's 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 like a a dwarf a dwarf woman, like which they don't come out into like you know in public very often. Like and, and when they do, they're often confused, right? Like that's kind of the idea. Like they're, it's very it's very rare for them to sort of be out and about, right? It's a but you get you can tell like you could see like the you know you you don't get that can that kind of confusion but to the you know, the average person and like she she just kind of shrugs and then kind of gives a nod and you're like well I uh, got a few of his lieutenants if you want to call them that uh, some of the larger thugs the one that he sends off on this errand or that and. I put them to question, and we did. Well, he got, well, he got a name. Not sure if it means anything to you, but it didn't much mean anything to us. I mentioned someone by the name of Ulfang. Does this sound familiar to you? It's the first we heard. Hmm. Yeah. We got the distinct impressions. This fella, whoever they might be, he might be the one pulling the strings or cracking the whip or whatever the turn of phrase is in this here part of the world. There's also a red-headed woman. Um, Woman? no, just orcs down there. We didn't have any. Just orcs no, and goblins and wogs and things. North. Nah, nothing like that, boys. Have you if, you? if you see her, you should keep your distance. She is not someone. She's quite dangerous. Sort of like kind of peers at you a little bit, and she's like. <sighs> Thank you for the advice. Brother? Cousin? I'm sure we're related somehow. Looks <laughs> over a I uh, invite you join us. I'm sure whatever meandering the three of you as you in sightseeing is not nearly as important as avenging your kin. Of course, I plan on it, but we do have a path to take if you like to journey with us instead. Journey with you? Uh, which direction do you travel? Uh, point. Let's point towards the Edmores, where we heard where Road Tag was. Yeah, but you guys are traveling east. Yeah, <laughs> we're first oh, yeah. going east. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing with him. It's just like, like, yeah, they're just like, well, no. I suppose it's a race, then. One of us will get there first. 
Maybe we'll see you at the end, over top the hewn shoulders of a big fat dwarf. Wait, no, not a dwarf. No. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly wish you luck in your journey. We're trying to be cautious because it seems that there has been much death in their wake. No if you can be successful. The goblins. All they leave in their wake is death and shit and bones. This is this is true, but their numbers are amassing and they're they've got hill folk working with them. One good dwarf could say a hundred orc. Isn't that right there? Oh, I never called your name. Who are you, brother? Floyd, how about you? Kind of reaches out. Floyd. Thorvin. He like reaches like a big old meaty paw. This is Thebe. Pleasure. Just going alone, just the two of you. There's others looking about here and there, scouting this way and that. We sent a few over to that um, Bray. They ask about see if they've heard nothing. Heard rumors that they had some trouble. They did. Uh, mm. Trolls were killing their their cattle. We followed. Uh, they went. They headed north. He looks over at Floyd's like, I bet you took out a, a whole slew of them, didn't you? You've oh, got yeah. that look in your eye right there, yeah. A violent this is, fighter, this one is. Gilly, this is when she starts flipping through her book. He jumped out of a tree and thwacked this guy in half with his axe. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Floyd, me friend, you're, you're a proper hero, you are. Floyd him through the air like a bird. I could use someone like you. And I can use someone like you. Hmm. We'll meet up. Let's yeah. be tactical about this. You guys are obviously fast. Uh, we're gathering some information. Perhaps we could meet up at Mount Graham uh, and see if you found them before we did uh, in such and such time. Uh, and she'll like look at Floyd. Would, would this we could cover more ground listen to this one she's smart and he kind of like he kind of like he's reappraising you like there's a head on this one's shoulders a little bit closer to the earth than ours but it's a good head nonetheless you've got brains in that there curly haired head of yours I do I do I, I try to study to, to help as best as I can Okay. Kind of looks over at Thebe, who's just, again, just sort of like a shrug and then a nod. You can tell, like, <laughs> she's the one who's kind of in charge, and he's just the one doing the talking. And he's like, all right, then. Fortnight hence, we look for you in the shadows of the mountain. How will we find one another? Just look for the Arineal's helm here, the ranger's hat. It shines quite brightly. Yeah, looks already. It is quite well made, that is. Hmm. All right. And, and, and this one always reads her books at night, so there's always a light. Follow the light at night on the foothills I, of Mount Graham. 
So that okay. could be rather dangerous. Uh, I do not suggest that. Uh, but and she'll like pull up like this like large kind of like colored tarp or whatever. Uh, we'll hang this from a tree somewhere nearby the base of Mount Graham, uh, and perhaps you could find our camp there. And then, and she'll rip it in half and give them half in, and you hang this as well, just in case you beat us there. He takes it and he's like, well, little one, the mountain's quite a big place, but maybe we'll find each other yet. Maybe we'll try and keep it to the south side of the mountain. South side it is. Indeed. I'll look for this swain in the breeze and you look for this. And if you can't find one of these, well then follow the headless bodies of orcs and goblins that I'm sure we're going to leave in our wake. And then I'm sure you'll find us. And maybe a troll while we're at it. What say you, Thebe? How about a troll? And she's like, <laughs> shrugs and nods. <laughs> I, would, I would love to document your guys' adventures, if you would not mind, afterwards. Document our adventures. Um, well, uh, an interview, All uh, right, young one, you've you've uh, you've convinced me. Indeed, Wonderful. it was a fortuitous day and a fortuitous meeting. Brother, reaches his hand out, kind of just like a big, one. yeah, ruffles Gilly like on her like her like curly little head, and he's like human with a helmet. Safe travels. Indeed, you ready, Phoebe? And she's already running. And she's like, oh, go to catch up. Boy! <laughs> Starts rushing. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you are going to try to, to reunite with them somewhere around... I'm writing this down. And you're going to try to hang some kind of flag or whatever. Color tarp. A tarp or blanket in a tree on the southern side of Mount, Mount Graham. Okay. We'll see if it happens. We'll see if fortune is on your favor. You know, fortune is on your side. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. All right. So as we're traveling yeah, go for it. Uh, on the road, Arineal wants to be kind of looking on the road for rocks of a certain size. So you just see her kind of bending over, kind of picking up rocks, and she's just sort of putting them down and picking them up, throwing them down, and you just see her kind of gathering kind of a handful of rocks that all seem to be Relatively equally sized, she's just putting them in her pocket. Uh, sure. Why don't you? Um, I mean, you can roll a, a test for this to see if you, you know, or you could, we could just sort of flavor it. It's fine with me. I mean, like if you're looking to use them, at see some how point. many I get. Yeah, yeah. It's more along the lines of like, you know, how many you get along, along the road. Uh, and then I need the uh, our scout Floyd to roll an explore test. I'm not going to use any of our stuff on this, so we'll see how it goes. I could have asked them to yodel. <laughs> Jeff cries as his throat screams out in agony. <laughs> Doing a lot of like the gravelly voice today. Okay. Uh, I got a great success on my. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, add like a, you know, bag of rocks or however you want to call it to your inventory. We'll treat it like a, like a useful item. You can figure out how you want to designate what it's for. Uh, whatever you think might be, whatever thing was, you think would make sense, but you can add it. Works for me. Uh, okay, Floyd, explore test, please. This yeah, is, I, uh, I have maps, so I'd like to make this favor. 
Oh yeah, for sure. You want an extra dice? Too late. Oh. What is that? Oh, it's 19, yeah. Okay, very good. That is a pass. I am reloading Foundry. <laughs> Having trouble? Okay. All right. So it's not it's not very long after Thorovum and Phoebe uh, depart. Uh, you guys continue your trek eastward. You, know, you have a plan. You were planning on sticking to it. You're going to get within sight, essentially, of the last bridge, and then you're going to move up northward, move along a little bit of the, the Horwell a bit, and then see how how far you can get. Um, but as you're settling down for the evening, uh, camping out once more, uh, at a certain, you know, it's 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 been a breezy, windy day. No rain, but the winds have been, kind of been lapping around here and there, and it's kind of caused some issues uh, with with some of your things. And and Floy, as you're, you know, at one point as you're as you're trying to unpack your your horse uh, uh, beat, like a, a couple of your pots and pans get blown off the horse and kind of clatter against the ground in the darkness and beat just goes bolting away at the sound of this loud and kind of sudden uh, sudden charge and in the process of doing so she kind of like tugs a bit at your arm and disappears into the darkness so for for again two nights in a row now like first night you had trouble resting because of all of those, you know, or not, not the, I guess not the first night. It's been multiple days since then, but like, this is the second time on your journey at this point now that you've, you've been struggling as the three of you spend most of the night kind of wandering about just looking in the darkness for this poor, uh, this poor, poor pony. Uh, and it isn't until the sun actually comes up that you finally catch her or she seems to be sort of nestled between this, this, uh, this like hedgerow, uh, along the, along the Southern side of the road. Uh, kind of shivering and freezing, not necessarily cold, is like just scared. And finally, you're you're able to kind of recover. Um, it's a good thing you passed that roll, otherwise you would have been wounded. Uh, but oh, all of you, oh, no. to fatigue. So yeah, I'm Do rolling those events. And, yeah, all of you take two fatigue. Okay, we have for some reason I have three fatigue. Is that left over from last time? I'm assuming. No, you guys would have been fine because you guys would have been doing plenty of resting at that point. So you yeah, now we're at four total. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Correct. Oh, thank you. Okay, I need you to go ahead and roll another one of those travel rolls, Floyd. You, you guys, you know, you can see that weather top is is much further behind you at this point. You know, you're kind of getting closer and closer to the last bridge. It's, you know, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly near time for you to depart from the Great East Road and plunge now at this point into the hills of Rudar as you look northward and you see this vast and sort of empty and unwieldy and uninviting expanse of land. Got a success. And the whole time you're traveling these last, you know, couple, a couple of, couple of days, last several miles along the great East road. It's, it's, it's by and large, a very lonely and empty experience. And it isn't until you actually get, right up and you guys can someone can move the token essentially to the left of where it says right where it says bridge event effectively on the map um but it isn't until you actually get in sight of the bridge itself that you see another traveler along the road and not only that but they are coming and arcing over the last bridge itself as you see what looks like um 
kind of a small, like kind of merchant caravan likely from what you can tell. Uh, you can see that the bridge itself is about a hundred miles east of Weathertop. That's how far you've traveled in the past few days. And the bridge is like this, this it's made of stone and it crosses the Horwell in these like three arches. And the Horwell itself is a deep gorge as well. So it's not like you can see the, the river until you get up fairly close to it. So it's a question of whether how close you want to get. But you do see arching over that bridge what looks like, which looks like a wagon of some kind. Um, and it isn't, you know, it doesn't take very long for them to kind of catch up with you at a certain point. You can see the horses out in front. There's a what looks like a man and a woman that are sitting behind it. Uh, it looks like the woman's kind of controlling the horses and she's kind of easy, easy. The man kind of waves, uh, waves a hand at, at you all. Uh, and you see like walking along on the side here and there are, uh, is like a, what looks like a pony in the top of it. You see a dwarf as well. Uh, it looks to be kind of flanking the wagon as they come up. And uh, the man who's, uh, who's like sitting next to the woman who's controlling the controlling the horses kind of raises a hand like hello there travelers we no harm good news from the west good news what news from the west from Bree I assume that's where you are coming from uh yeah news recently there was uh orc attacks oh but uh, they have on the city itself. No, oh, goodness just of Comb, the of the. Oh. It's a small town outside of Bree. Oh, I'm afraid I'm I'm unfamiliar. We are my wife and I. We are out from Dale, traveling as it is. Uh, we are we're going to meet our friend, uh, our friend's cousin Lukey, at the dwarf house in Bree. We have an exchange to be made. Not too familiar, unfortunately, with the area. Uh, I'll, I'll warn them of possible bandits by Weathertop. Bandits, big, you say? Big hill coming up. Oh, big hill, indeed. Uh, bandits, well, we've got any... At this point, he kind of picks up what looks like a a sword kind of that's hidden at like the at the base of uh, at the base of where he's sitting and then the woman kind of has this what looks like a blanket over top of her her lap and she flips it over and you can see that inside of it there's like a, a hunting a hunting bow ready to go mm-hmm. and she kind of holds up a quiver and she's like well we appreciate the warning sir we are we are when you're a merchant you uh you know that you are a target and it's uh it's certainly, uh, certainly smart to travel with a bit of protection. Yes. Yeah. Gilly warns yeah. them not to stop at that uh, bar that we were at. Forsaken. Oh. Forsaken in or whatever. Well, with a name like that, I don't see how it gets any clientele at all. But, that's but I that's will, very true. I appreciate the advice. You wouldn't happen to be traveling back, would you? To... To Bree at this moment? Yes, perhaps we could travel together for a spell. Safety and uh, numbers and all that. Not at this time. Uh, we are currently uh, scouting more to the north. He kind of looks north to that place. 
Well, it doesn't look like there's much anything there at all. But if you That's say so, what your business hope... is your own, of course. That's what we hope it stays, that there is nothing up there, but that's to be seen. Yeah. What what was your name? You said you hailed from Dale? Oh, yes, yes. I am Ingar. This is Marin. That fella down there is Kofa. Kofa Gaddy. Ollie. Okay, eyes. Floy. Looking at you. You from, uh. You don't look familiar. No. Not at all. Well, from the Blue Bounds. Ah, okay, cousin. You ever travel across the Misties to the airport? I don't think I've been that far. No. Well, that's a pity. It's a pity. I'll hear you live in a... Right in the shadow of them, uh, them elf fellas out there. Must not be the most, uh... Eh, uh polite neighbours. Having them right underneath you. Yeah, your foot. Yeah, right in your eyesight, your eye lines. Getting all upset about playing music too loud at night. He's a quick one, this one, isn't he? Look at him. <laughs> Look how quick he is. He's thinking of something right now. I don't know how to respond to that. It's okay. I'm a funny fella. Not sure what to take of that. It's very serious, Floy. Would you like to know of his exploits of our adventures so far? And Gilly starts. I uh, no, 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 well, look at that. The time, uh, Ignar, would you say we've got to be uh, hustling? We've got to, we've got deadlines to meet. You know, no, no reason for us to be lingering too long. Well, it was a pleasure meeting all of you. Uh, you little orbit, very excitable you are, and. <laughs> This guy, Ingmar. shut up, you talk too much, and I don't know who you are. It was a pleasure. Nice to see you. Safe travels. And Gilly, she's just like, Ingmar, you said you were a merchant. Oh, yes, I am, of course. Yes, yes. What, what wares do you deal? Oh, a little of this and a little of that. Is there something you're looking for, little Uh. We were looking for more of like a, a spyglass, perhaps, but... Spyglass, really... eh? No idea what you're talking about. Or whatever we would call it in this day and age. Yeah, I, I generally don't... I actually, I actually don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I, we have some... Let me see if it, like what we got in the sample items. Let's see if there's anything that would qualify. Hmm... No, I don't think he would have anything like that. Okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he would have anything like that. Um. Oh, hold on. Toys from Dale, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Gilly would like to ask uh, if he could, uh, on his way to Bree, um, take a note to... Um, like along there, she'd pay them to if they could deliver a note on her behalf um, about what we discovered in the Forsaken Inn, like the information about um, what her name mm. is um, and all of that other oh, stuff. Okay, sure. And just pass I, that off as we continue on. Well, we're happy to do that, certainly. 
No problem. Absolutely. Uh, who am I? Who would we be delivering this to? Um, our patron Balin. Is that how he's, he's he wouldn't no. be there? What's his name? No. He left. No, Balin left. Remember, Balin left. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. chasing after Gandalf somewhere. Who would still be there? Um, just send everyone to the doctor. So they Oswald. <laughs> yeah, she um, would uh, probably Alcott, Oswald yeah. or Alcott. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So Anota, Anota, Oswald probably makes more sense um, as he was one of the chief. Yeah, council members mates. of the council. Yeah. Your little makeshift. Our little okay. Pseudo right. council. He takes your note. Yeah, absolutely. He takes your yeah. note and bids you a farewell and. And it's at this point. At this point, we start traveling off road, um, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but you guys make it right up, and you can kind of see you. You, you, you bid farewell. Uh, the uh, Kofa kind of gives Floy a weird look. Eh, they make him weird, and the Blue Mountains are supposed to understand a bit about courtesy, but that's fine. That's fine. Not quick of the tongue or quick of the wit. That's fine. They're Much more serious. dour and serious. Not gonna lie, yeah. I couldn't comprehend what you said with the voice you were using. Like, I literally. Oh. You're trying to say you can't understand me. Well, that's quite right. I can't understand you at all. Listen, you sounded like you got bread in your mouth when you took. Regional dialects and all that such thing. Oh, goodness. All right. So you guys start curving and, and kind of pushing off the road finally. I need the lookout, actually. This time it's going to be Gilly. As you start peeling off the road and start moving into the these dark and dreary hills, these you can see what looks like just this endless kind of undulation of hills of these different different sizes, different shapes, but it's nothing but these 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 they're dark, they're kind of covered. Even the grass here is sort of this it's almost kind of saturated. It's like unsaturated, like something's been blended into it to just make it look even more dour. These wiry trees here and there that kind of reach up into the sky like gnarled old hands. Not a whole lot of foliage on any of them to 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 really remark about or you know, here and there. You see the occasional signs of like a like some sort of wild ram or mountain goat perched up on what looks like a, a stone edifice at the top of uh, at the top of one hill or the next as it kind of peers out almost like proudly and majestically on this large sweeping venue. Fog and mist in the morning and at night kind of cover the valleys and the depths and as you move your uh, your your ponies through them and travel you almost kind of get swooped up in them entirely and until eventually kind of midday they start to push away you can feel it getting colder not as it's not like cold necessarily but very cool at night you kind of keep the fire your know, fire going you cover yourself up with some blankets for warmth here and there uh go ahead and make that awareness test there gilly okay how, how many dice do we have left melissa plenty uh That's not did we number. say if i'm allowed to use more than one yeah i'm fine with it. could i use two sure might as well spend five at this point. It's already favored. Oh my gosh. Okay, a thank God. Success. Okay. I mean, it's still a pass. As long as it's a pass, you're, you're okay. You know? Okay. So... For the first, you know, uh, the first kind of leg, the, the kind of quick turn as you, you depart from what looks like the... Um, 
you know, the road itself and you start moving further and further away, the leaving the last bridge and the greatest road behind you, you start cresting over top of these, these hills. You're keeping somewhat parallel at first to the Horowell. Even now, every now and then you can hear the, the rushing waters. Occasionally you see what looks like a, a stream kind of break off in a way, uh, kind of weaving through some of these hills, occasional pond that is kind of, you know, it's brackish, dirty, you can see what looks like large, heavy weeds. At one point, as you all are traveling, we'll call it sort of late in the evening, sun has gone down, it's getting dark. There's only just the tiny bits of light that are still coming over from the weather hills off to the west. You can barely see just ever so slightly kind of this orange outline. You're probably all sort of looking around for what looks like you know, a good a good place to camp. And that's when that's when you hear the sound of singing. This voice. Very beautiful voice, but kind of this forlorn sort of a forlorn melody. You can't quite make out exactly the words. It sounds like some form of elvish, most likely. Uh, I don't think any of you would speak it. You can Tell me if I'm wrong on that, but I think it's fair to say we don't have an elf amongst the group, and I don't think all of you are particularly well traveled. But it's 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 certainly a recognizable sound to it. And as you you crest up on top of a hill and you're getting getting ready, you can see down in what appears to be uh, some small one of those small dirty brackish ponds fed by this by this stream that weaves through these cold cold black rocks. You can see that there is a woman right there in the middle of the pond. It almost looks like she's bathing, you think. And she seems to be the source of the singing. She kind of turns and looks at you all as you kind of peer down at her. And this smile creeps across her face. You can see the pointed ears themselves. You recognize what appears to be an elf and she just this this strain like the smile comes to her face but it's one that you're not sure is is heartfelt and warmth it seems more sad and despairing than it is anything hopeful and right as about one of you is about to wave or about to say something you see that she just fades right in front of you all of you, you can hear the singing. That's, that song just kind of drifts. This sadness. And then as it wafts through these dark, twisted trees, you can almost kind of track as the, the music lingers and moves through it. And you can see that at one point as it shifts through those gnarled branches, that beautiful voice shifts and again, your ears are just bombarded with these dark and strange whispers, the sounds of words kind of overlapping in each one of you. Almost like replaying in your head a bit of the, the experience, the visions that you had within Fornost. All of you go ahead and make a valor roll as this cold and terrible breeze wafts over top of you. And you can feel your necks begin to hang 
Your head's just a little heavier than they did before. Your shoulders begin to slump. And a palpable desperation seems to have been carried on those words. Uh, so yeah, you're doing a shadow resistance roll. So this one's Valor. I'm taking two dice. Oh, Floyd, oh, that is just gosh. awful. Oh, <laughs> that is awful. Reniel succeeded. Okay. Can I have one, Melissa? Sure. Rogue elf part. They kicked at her. Oh, <laughs> automatic success. Gandalf. Oh, perfect. Win. Got the Gandalf. Um, as this, so as the this the song like just morphs into some foul expression, some whisper of a curse that just whips through the trees. And the woman disappears in front of you. And you're all certain you saw it. Maybe you exchange glances. Maybe you renewal at some point. You just kind of reach up and maybe sort of adjust the helm of Argaleb, which you found within the ruins of Fornost. And that kind of steals you to some degree, keeping the despair at bay. Gilly, just a hobbit-like sense of positivity, and maybe it's just the curiosity of seeing this more than anything mm-hmm. kind of fights off the despair. However, Floy, I don't know. There's something about the image that you just witnessed. This beautiful woman singing a song. She looks at you. She looks sad. The song not only shifts and turns and kind of twists into something dark and terrible, but she fades from existence entirely. You take a point of disp- You take a point of shadow. By the way, there is a chance that Arrhenial might know Elvish. Um, it says that um, Rangers of the North may know. Yeah, Elvish. I was thinking because you were young, and you, you know uh, that's what I was thinking. Because everyone was like picking very young people, so I sure. just assume. I, I mean, like if you want to make a case for it, I mean, I'm always open to to listen to that. But if you if you think that's the case, it's fine. And you didn't really have anything in like your backstory that suggests you like rubbed shoulders with elves anywhere, so. Okay. Do you have an elven acquaintance that I found oh, okay. previously? Um, you would. My, uh, it's it's. An, I'll say this: you the 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 specific words you probably are uh, is it's it, unable to translate as much. Like very little as it kind of quickly shifted, but you you recognize Sindarin. Like you would you would recognize that for sure. That's the language that was that was being sung. Okay. Um. You guys can move yourselves a little bit further, um, not much further, just short of that. What looks like like the first hill just to the north of you on the map is that's where you've ended up. Perfect. Um, and all of you can take two fatigue as you kind of camp out once more. Um, and then, Floy, I need you to make another travel roll. Gotcha. <laughs> was she hanging out double Gandalfs oh my we teleport look at this guy at Morse <laughs> <laughs> teleport you guys find it you guys find a Stargate and it takes you right there we have like no we do like the Baywatch run just following behind Floyd <laughs> that is true he has been working on his jogging okay very good very good you manage to wake up in the morning you feel a sense of yeah, slightly reinvigorated, you know, you feel better, Floy. 
But then your eyes open. And you see around you, not the mountains and of the, you know, the blue mountains themselves, or even like uh, what you've come to almost like a second home of Bree, but you just see this vast and desolate rolling dark hills with a mixture of these gnarled old trees. What looks like more than one broken structure, the remnants of an old cottage or tower or ruin here and there dotting on the landscape and just this ever-present fog that settles into the gullies between these hills and it's hard not to just sort of feel the weight of the area um but you get up you chart a course you wait for some of the fog to to move the cloud overcast the sun never fully comes out but you're able to kind of use your Sunstone itself, nonetheless, to kind of get an idea for the direction in which you're heading. All right. All right, I need, I need Floy again. Explore, scout, please. So shadow points uh, can, well, you can, there's two ways, basically. There's a couple ways. Um, so if you're talking, I think, originally you're talking about shadow scars. Uh, so the scar itself mm-hmm. that you take. So if you harden will, which is taking a shadow scar, that will give you a permanent shadow point. But the benefit is that you can reset all the shadow points that you've accrued. Uh, so that's one way to do it. If you get to the point where like your shadow is maxed out, like you have to suffer a bout of madness, uh, which moves you down on your track. And there's like four steps in the track um, towards like what, you know, whatever your your path of despair is might be. Uh, so, but the Yule Fellowship is, is a, there's an undertaking of the Yule Fellowship that you can do to try to clear some of those shadow scars that you might accrue over time. Uh, so anytime after you've taken a shadow scar and you have to reset your shadow points, you, you don't reset down to zero. You reset down to however many permanent shadow points you actually accrued, uh, from hardening your will. Uh, all right. That's a failure. Yeah, failed to explore. Like I said, you're not feeling too great. Okay. Okay. So you begin to move once more, kind of in a northerly direction. You're trying to keep what looks like, which you which you you know to be the range of the Etten Moors, and which you think might be Mount Graham, kind of off to the the west a bit. In that, as your your basic bearing, and after you know the the first you know couple days of travel, you you notice that every time you go to sleep at night and you wake up in the morning Floyd more than once you've noticed that there's this large flock of these fairly ill-tempered crows that seem to have taken up perch in some of these tall and gnarly looking trees here and there and you can see that they're frequently flitting from like one crooked tree to the next they're just hopping from branch to branch you start to get the sense, Floyd, that like they're they're watching you. You can see that their heads are just sort of tracking each one of you. A couple are kind of watching as a rineal like wanders off at one point to, to do a little hunting, and then you can see a, a handful kind of lift off and fly and seem to follow her. When Gilly is like wa- you know is sort of tending to a you know her 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 pony root kind of leading her over towards a stream nearby to get some water. You can see a few of them just sort of flitter up into the air and 
I fly over in the direction of a tree that manages to look down on Gilly, and a handful are always kind of staring at you. You've heard stories, probably, Floy, that agents of the shadow use various carrion creatures, possibly as spies. And yet, every day over the course of two, three days worth of travel, this occur- this happens. Like, you, you see this constantly happening over and over and over again. To the point where, like, it's starting, starting to ir- the irritation, the concern is there. And and it's fair to say Arineal and Gilly, you two can eventually, you know, you'll, it's not like they're hiding. They're, it's very clear. How many would you say there are? It's a fairly large flock. Uh, you know, maybe Jeff knows no idea how big. We'll say twenty. Okay, it's not like two or three. You guys always ask me questions like, "Why'd you have to Sorry. ask me that?" That's horrifying, That's cool. Jeff. Twenty. I know. Like I was thinking, is this like can pick off a couple, or this is like a very, very large? Well, you tell me. What do you want to do? Okay. Renial. So, I think just general chat. If we if we think that these might be spying on us. I mean, we're here to gather information and we're looking to meet someone and we don't want to put her in danger immediately upon our arrival if we've got folks watching us. Uh, Gilly's like that is true but Ashley herself is a superstitious person and would always love to befriend a crow now I have the opportunity to befriend 20 Um, Gilly's probably going to try and feed them okay what do do you think we should do as she's feeding them (laughs) (laughs) Arineal was pulling out the stones from her uh, bag that she had been gathering, so she had a very different uh, thought in mind about what to do with these. Uh, well, figure it out amongst yourselves. Well, you might just be the tiebreaker. We've got one vote for a friend and one vote for... Gilly is feeding them. If you decide to try and kill them, that will be, you will hurt her, but you can do it. (laughs) Well, they've been watching us and it's been bothering me. It's long as entire journey. Wouldn't mind if we took out a few. But if Gilly here wants to befriend them, it's her deal. I think for what I've read once, crows will bring you gifts. I think it's more likely that we are not the ones whom they will bring gifts to. I think folks that will mean to do us harm are the ones that these crows will bring gifts to, like our location and maybe other gifts. Maybe. We'll start finding a way, Rineal, because I can't reach them from here. Well, there. So I imagine there are some that are still up in the tree, and then there are some that are like being fed by Gilly on the ground at the moment. None of them have responded to Gilly trying to feed her. Feed them. They don't seem to be interested in that. 
So any kind of any amount of coaxing that Gilly tries to do doesn't seem they don't seem to be responding. And the only thing you really get from them is a, a fairly rude and, and sort of shrill that comes out. I don't have any actual bird sounds programmed in yet. I could do I could say they howl and say, but that that's that's not right. <laughs> that, would be, that. that would be so horrifying. I just got a Steam Deck or Stream Deck. No, Steam Deck. Stream Deck. There's an R in it. So I've yeah. messing around with it. All right, uh, Arineal takes her bow out, and she's going to try to dispatch these spies. Sure. Why don't you go ahead and, and roll a roll an attack with that? We're not we're not going into combat. I just want to see if you effectively take one out okay. before. So I can't happen. click on the bow because I don't have a target. Let me click oh, over here. Uh, Wait, yeah, I sure. Over here. Never mind. I'm, I was just clicking yep. the wrong place. I will take um take one of these. And that success, 19. Okay. So, and you're using your bow, right? You're not using the stones. You're not like just throwing, you're just shooting. I'm using the bow, yeah. So yeah, you, you've, as Gilly is sitting there, like trying to like get them to come down to her and they're just hopping back and forth onto the branches several feet above her head, cacawing down at her in a sort of fairly fairly rude fashion, them kind of staring at them with their head tilting to one side and the next. Oh, she's got a neck crack. That felt good. Like back and forth <laughs> it goes. Irineal takes aim, lets lo- loose, and you can see one of the ones that are above, on, on the branch above Gilly's head, you can see a, it's just an explosion of black feathers as an arrow, arrow goes sweeping right through it, pinning it against the trunk. The rest of the birds leap up into the air and begin just fluttering and flying around. And you can see a whole swarm of them just swoop down into the camp and kind of overtake all of you for a short period of time, like pecking away here and there. You're kind of putting your hands over your heads and kind of swatting as they're almost attacking you, revenge, and like you can see them also going for your, your ponies and harrying them a bit, kind of whipping away at your packs. You can see that they're kind of taking out what looks like some of the blankets and things here and there before leaping off into the into the distance. And maybe you fire a couple more shots along the way and you maybe hit another one or two, but eventually you can see that the entire flock evacuates the area and you can see that they're heading on a very straight in direct path north northwesternly in the direction of what you consider Mount Graham and the realm of Angmar, if that means anything. Yes, it does. I don't think there was a good a real good choice there, either we let them continue to track us or we anger them. Either one I think is bad. I also need you all to go ahead and roll a Another shadow resist. No. <laughs> Sorry. Blame blame Floy. Anybody want some dice? As he failed the explorer test. Hey, party wipe. How's it going? I'm loving one, one ring personally. I'm taking two. Anybody want one? I you want one love You can take extra d6s. Hey, help help my target is so high. It actually does help, Long, because you roll the d6s and you add what you roll on them to the total. So it actually does help. Even if you roll a 1, it technically helps. <laughs> I'll just take the shadow. Okay. Everybody take a point of shadow and two points of fatigue. I succeeded. Uh, if you succeeded, you don't take the point of shadow. 
but you do you do take the fatigue. Okay. How much fatigue are we up to, everybody? Should be. But this is going to make it eight. Be eight, eight, eight. It's eight. Yeah. As the weight of travels just kind of be, it's it's been. This is a long. This is it's just been a significant period of time. Like travel on the road is is a little quicker, but even parts of the road, the Great East Road, weren't great. Now you're into like the, the actual hills of Rudar at this point, the proper hills. Okay. You continue to sort of work your way northward a bit. Um, Gilly go does collect some feathers. Yeah, it's fine. Just to yeah. have okay. Sure. I mean, there is the the one crow, we'll say, that a renewal is able to kill. And if you want, you can say you took one or two more out. I'm fine with that if you wanted to okay. take the crows. Cool. Sure. Um, you guys can move yourself up about an inch north of where you're at. Just just north of where that uh, looks like the ruins of that like, kind of a watchtower are. Uh, it sort of de- it depends. Uh, so the question in chat was how many shadow points are too many? So it sort of depends on on what their um, their hope score is, and because like there's kind of a, a mechanic there, and whether or not you get your if you have a decent amount of hope, then you can kind of hold you know you can hold the shadow at bay a little bit longer. Um, so if it's um, if it reaches like if you're if you ever get as many shadow points as much as your your current I think is your current hope score, you become miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Gilly and is have, one yeah. more shadow point away from becoming miserable. Oh, thanks for those gift subs, Aaron. God, such a gentleman and a scholar. I was this close to being able to play in a One Ring game with him, but I just couldn't, oh, couldn't no. make my schedule work. Time zones. St- stupid education. I wonder if to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so close. Next time. Next time. All right. Um, so you guys yeah, continue. Yeah. Uh, you continue to uh, you continue to travel north a bit. Night, you know, you kind of move through again more of these, you know, gullies and hills. You notice that in some of these these deeper valleys in between in the hills, you can see like kind of a bog nature, kind of a swampiness begins to accrue. At the top of the hills, you can see that the further north you get, kind of the the the, the kind of spans out with this sort of dry almost like a dryness at the top of the hills and a sogginess at the bottom of the hills the fog continues to roll in the light kind of disappears a little sooner takes a little longer to come out in the morning at one point as you're as you're all traveling you you hear this kind of a strange howling wind blowing through when you look around, this collection of broken stones that's on the northern slope of one of these hills that you're cresting downward. And it almost sounds like someone is sort of this long and slow whistle in your direction. And that maybe is what kind of catches your attention. But you look over and you can see that what you originally thought was sort of broken rocks and stone is in fact... It actually looks like a like the ruins of some kind of structure. You can see almost signs of masonry carving here and there. Something kind of tipped on its side, perhaps a, an old sculpture of something very large and great. It's hard to to tell with great specificity, but you do notice that all along that that kind of northern slope, it almost looks like these these different 
kind of large mason chunks of stone have been scattered about and it almost looks like a like a circle or an oval shape of some kind and they're if you think of like a like almost like Stonehenge kind of tipped on its st- side here and there and a few through the rocks kind of piled atop one another but the wind just whips down through and you hear this sharp whistle between them but you can very clearly see what looks like on some of these large large like obelisks themselves something carved into them letters sigils it's hard to really tell Reniel will look over at Gilly and say, "Is that something you want for your, for your notes in your book?" Uh, it would it would probably be good to compare and see if it matches like the tattoos of the hill folk. And Gilly will go over to see if she can copy some notes and compare it to the previous note she's had. Okay. Uh, Floy, Arineal, what are you guys doing? Definitely also go over. Floy? I'm sorry. Did, did I miss something? Oh, no. I was, uh, I'll just let Gilly do her thing. I'm not going to really pay attention to it. Okay. Um, Floy, you watch as the two of them move in the direction of this like ruin of sigiled carved stone. And you notice as they as they kind of break the ring, it's almost as if they begin to just move like they're trudging through like heavy snow or they they're moving through it looks like like against the wind in some way it just seemed to like to slow ever so slightly gilly arineal as you're kind of walking past these things gilly you kind of focus on a specific surface of rock where you see these strange circular curved drawings etched into the rock itself you feel the wind in here get remarkably cold as if the temperature has dropped just instantly and immensely and and it feels like winter has overtaken you both of you i need to roll a wisdom test you want any d6s yeah i'll take one yeah, the one issue with if you if you do a moment of madness, e crippler, is that you actually also move down on your scale. If you can get rid of those shadow yeah. points before then with like a shadow scar or something like that, you can kind of hold that that path of despair at bay for a little bit longer anyway. But then there's the trade off of having those like those permanent points. Great success, Jeff. And a failure. Gilly, like you can't help but shiver like it's just like your hands begin to shake you can feel your teeth chatter and like the maybe you have your book out your paper like where your your parchment where you're doing your notes or if you were going to do some kind of like like charcoal like 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 uh scrawl mm-hmm. like trying to get the get the specific designs it goes fluttering and flying away and you look backwards and you notice that a is frozen in place a take two points of shadow from this this is oh, this is no. from sorcery you feel arineal as though an icy hand has gripped onto your forearm like it's literally wrapped around your wrist 
and you hear that those what was just winds and whistling you can hear once again like these sort of foul words wafting through as well and it just you are just transfixed at this moment as you're just sort of watching as like the stone all around you behind Gilly who's now turned and she's got this concerned look on her face and you just like you you feel as though your your arm is almost burning from like that like a like a frostbite feeling as it's just ripping through and wrenching through your skin you watch as the stones kind of start to crackle a bit and like layers of ice almost begin to form here and there Floy, you're watching as like Arbinial has almost just come to a complete another stop. Gilly kind of turns around, is moving, it seems, kind of in like this this almost a dramatic turn and whip of the head in a way that almost seems unnatural. What are you guys doing? Um Gilly's gonna try and drag Arinial out of the circle. Okay. Uh, what about you, Floy? I'll see if I can go ahead and pull her out. Okay, so you both go racing in. Floy, when you breach the exterior of that kind of stone circle, I need you to also now roll right. that wisdom test. Gilly, you're good. You you run over, and it's I mean, to you the movement seems normal, but it's just sort of from the exterior, like it like looks mm -hmm. peculiar, like there's some some strange sorcery at work here. Uh, Gilly, you can roll a test to try to drag her out. Uh, Arinul, you are momentarily transfixed and stunned and like yeah. you, you, you're kind of frozen, like literally frozen in place mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. um, Floor, we have D6s and fellowship points. I'll use a fellowship here. Okay, I think uh, athletics is probably what you're going to need to roll here, Gilly, to try to physically kind of pull her out. This uh, is this is this is pure strength at this point. Unless you're, I mean, if you're trying to talk to her, you perfectly you you can. But like, you can see like there's a sudden fear that has just like overtaken her face, Arinial's otherwise fairly stoic, stoic face. Like there's there's this sense of like something's happening to her. Yeah, I'm also success. gonna. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna so use a fellowship too. So, Floyd, you step in and you feel this gust of cold wind just whip out at you. You actually even have like little tiny bits and flakes of crystals begin to sort of form in your beard as a waft of this like icy sorcery just weighs down on top of you. But with a great success, you're okay. Like you're, you're able to move in. You feel utterly freezing, like out of nowhere. Like if you would have stepped two feet the other way, it's like, you know, for the U.S., it'd be like, you know, 70 degrees Fahrenheit. And now it's like 20. You know, it's just like a 40 degree drop as you step through. Um, you can see at this point, Gilly has a renewal by the arm and is trying to now drag her away. You're kind of pushing through at this point, Floy. Um, a renewal, you can feel that the that that whatever is grisp, you know, kind of grabbing onto your arm, you feel like a physical pressure. You feel the ice now begin to sort of spread, shooting up your arm, crossing over your elbow, up into like your, 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 like your bicep and tricep area. You can feel it reaching down into your hand, into your fingertips, which like as you look down, you can see are turning this kind of bluish purple color. The whole arm is starting to sort of shape itself into 
which just looks like a frozen, frozen arm. Um, Floy, uh, go ahead and roll. If you're trying to move her away, you can see Gilly is struggling at this. Floy, reach out and try to pull her as well. Roll, roll uh, athletics. I'll make this favorite with the fellowship. We're good. Okay. So we're down to three. Success. Okay. You're able to pull her out. Gilly, as well, the, the two of you, or you just pull free. And the minute you break what looks like that perimeter of that stone structure, you both just kind of go tumbling as like momentum kind of carries you in a strange way. You come falling down. Arineal, you you can once again act. But when you look down at your arm, where you felt something, I, literally the hand mm -hmm. grip mm -hmm. you, fingers wrapping around like almost metal gauntleted fingers of just, or maybe it was ice, you're not sure, just gripping around your arm. You can even see like the imprints on the underside of your wrist, on the underside of your forearm. It looks like these long, long fingers. You also are wounded with frostbite. Oh no. Go ahead and mark that down. Your fingers seem to have recovered their color. Your hand seems okay, but but you have this dark handprint over your forearm, and it's every time you touch it, you just feel cold. As if you've like suffered this some horrible, like very localized frostbite on your arm. I, I, I didn't see anything, but I, I sure felt it. Did, did you, did you see anything that was awful? No, Arunio, you just, you just froze. It was just like, I, there was a hand it was pulling me. Thank goodness you could both pull me out. I do you see, and she's like showing them this. Yeah, the two and the two of you see it. You see it like there's this band, and you and you can definitely see what almost and like she's describing it as fingers and things like that. And then it kind of takes that shape to you, but it just looks like this very peculiar. It's like the signs of frostbite wrapped around her arm. It's not a place where you would presume you would get frostbite of any kind. And you can see like her hand is somewhat discolored. Her arm is somewhat. She wheels back her her sleeve a bit. Um. Need you to roll. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll on the wound severity table, Arineal, to see how long this is going to take for you to get back from. And someone also, if you want, uh, can take uh, can roll a heal on that to try to reduce. One day. Okay, so it's not. Oh, it's not so bad for you at all then. Uh, um, how many dice do we have left, Melissa? Uh, we have five left. Uh, I'll use a dice and I'll try and do a heal roll. Okay. Yeah. And and if you're able to do this. Fellowship left. Okay. Well. we'll we'll say for the rest of the day, your arm is just going to feel, uh, there's going to be a numbness to it. It's going to be f very numb. And even though like the pain, like you, you, you feel this almost like this phantom, like frost burn, like right around your forearm. And every time that kind of, that, that wound kind of rears its, its, its head, like your the, the, your fingertips just sort of go numb. Your shoulder kind of goes numb a bit as your arm shifts a bit. But after a little bit of time, 
I presume, I mean, are you all going to, to poke around the ruins anymore or do you, do you push forward? Gilly, did you, could you make out any patterns? No, my, my paper flew out of my hands and then, and then you were frozen and that seemed more important. Am I able to see any of the runes outside of the circle? Yeah. And we'll say you're able to, if you want, you can spend a little time and you can sketch. You can't do like, you know, kind of a rubbing, but you can can sketch. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Gilly will do that from a distance just to... Um, does it match anything like the hill folk like tattoos at all or um interesting question uh, I could do a lore or like a riddle roll I'll take a lore um well yeah I'll take a lore yeah okay uh I'll do a dice mo. Okay. Success. Yeah. And actually okay. you do see some similarities. Not everything. And you don't and, and everybody who had like they they basically had there's a lot of like um these kind of like spirally runes and things like that. Um but not everything is exactly the same, but I would say you certainly see some overlapping artistic similarities between what you're seeing on some of these runes and what you're seeing on on some of the 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 decorative the decorative tattooing that they that you saw and those that were at Oswald's home and those that you might have encountered when you're in in Fornost, yeah. Okay. Aridiel's gonna just try to kind of wrap her arm a bit and she's just gonna kind of stand off to the side and it's just very uncomfortable okay all right so like so, nor- like she you know normally would be supportive of gilly but is sort of uh just standing around is kind of making it difficult to ignore the pains in her arm sure so you push forward after a little bit of time with Gilly kind of paying attention and doing what she can, keeping very close, you know, co- close watch on some of these, on some of these carvings, etchings, doing her best to note them down as, as best she can. And eventually you, you, you push forward, right? You, you definitely push forward. Kind of a day passes, you, you sleep. You wake up, Arrhenial, you can see as you look down, it's as if your arm is almost fully healed, like you don't feel any pain, but you do see this sort of lingering discoloration as if as if it's scarred perhaps. You're not sure whether that discoloration will go away, but like throughout the course of your travels for the next day, it doesn't seem to, to give you any issues. You don't get that numbness in your fingertips, you don't get that sort of strange dislocated feeling in your shoulder you don't feel any of that searing frosty pain in the in the actual forearm itself towards the end of that day the very next day after you were you were injured you all actually notice something a bit peculiar because most of the time your travels have been very 
have been very dreary and lonely, and the, the only things you've seen are the flocks of crows, a periodic ram or goat that just sort of drifts off on its lonesome here and there. You hear the sounds sometimes of like distant wolf packs or something like that in the somewhere in the in the area but you haven't seen anybody it's been several days since you encountered the merchants ignar and marin and kofa by the uh, by the last bridge and even longer since you encountered your newfound allies thorvum and thebe it's been that long since it's been a better part of a week actually since you've seen them and about half that since you've seen another person other than the three of you the last face you actually saw was that like melancholy smile of that elf that disappeared from within that pond and at the very end of the day as you're getting ready to make camp you found yourself this this small little clearing within a copse of these these very unsettling trees that have a distinct lack of foliage you actually notice on some of the hills slightly to your west you can see that there's a kind of a, a strange shape to them and that they almost seem as if they've been carved into in some fashion and you see slightly drifting and weaving up from them from these small little tubes that seem to be sticking up out of the earth plumes of smoke you also notice at a distance what looks like a pen for animals of some kind. You see a handful of what looks like livestock, like a sheep kind of drifting around here or there, a pig kind of waddling up about from like between these one small valley to the next. And you notice that all of these areas where the, these little tiny whiffs of smoke are coming up from, as you, as you focus just before the light goes down for the night, they look like chimneys. And you think you've you've sort of stumbled across a series of these dark brown-green moss that seems to cover the roofs around it. And you notice, like, a door open and a, a man's head pulls out and you hear a sharp whistle. And what looks like a hound, a dog of some kind, comes running and loping from what looks like a far-off uh, section of bush and kind of comes running full on full sprint inside and then the door closes and it's the first other face that you've seen in days and we're going to go ahead and stop there for tonight as we are over two and a half in and we'll pick up on that and who or what hmm. if there, if you can even trust what you see now right uh, <laughs> next week as we are we're pretty far in all right. Lots of travel. Nice. Very. Yes, we did. So I was trying to flesh out like the journey phase a little. I've, like, like we were talking about that one time. We just the one yeah. very short trip we did. It felt like we went too fast, but there's something. So this time around, we're trying to elaborate a little bit, giving you some opportunities to break and do some scenes here and there, and kind of mm -hmm. reset, and also doing the events from time to time. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, I tried to frostbite my hand off. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It did indeed. Uh, don't forget, do you have any fellowship points left over? Yes. So how, how are they used again, Melissa? You looked it up. 
so we can cash them in. What we generally have been doing with them is cashing in our leftover fellowship for uh, hope points. For restoring some hope. Mm -hmm. uh, is that required on like a short rest or is that just like at the end of session? Uh, you would recall. ask a follow-up question that I don't know the answer to. We don't. I think it's end of session because every session your fellowship restores to full. Yeah. Okay. We'll double check sense. that to be sure, but don't forget to do that, to divvy those out if you want to. Uh, and, How's everybody uh, on hope? I'm good. You can take whatever you need. What are you at, Floyd? Floyd doesn't believe in spending hope. Ten. You're at <laughs> eight. Shit. <laughs> Daniel, what are you at? Uh, Arineal has three hope. Oh, we're twinsies? Yeah. Or I have four. Um, okay. So I'll take two. You take one? Yeah, that works. Do you guys restore any from last session for the council stuff? I don't think we really spent fellowship on that. That is true. You well, we'll, we'll discuss but you, that after. It's yeah, it's equal to your heart score that both of you would recover during uh the fellowship phase. So whatever your heart score is, you could have gotten that. I only get half. Yeah, that's as how I got a ranger four. of the north. So that's why I've often been using the uh Gilly ripped it to so. zero. She's yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Um, what else we got coming up? Oh, Monday. Come back here. Uh, I think it's like nine central. We're doing Deadlands. We're playing some weird West stuff. You can catch me and Melissa in that game. It's so cool. Yeah, it's really fun. We, we've done only one session, so it's a great time to kind of catch on. Uh, we're playing Blood Drive, if you're familiar with that. Uh, Savage World Adventure Edition. Uh, let's see. Next Friday, we'll be doing Delta Green in our what we've determined is our penultimate episode in our year-long yep. campaign of Impossible Landscapes. So that's a lot of fun. Ooh. Next week, uh, same time on Saturdays, we'll play more One Ring. I love this game. God, I love this game. So and cool. you, uh, yeah, we'll find out who these people might be uh, and how they're going to kill the party, something like that. Uh, wait, wait, maybe. What? what? Oh, sorry. Is that it? <laughs> My bad. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out what alert. that's all about. So uh, thank you for everyone who hung out. Thank you for those of you who have thrown us some fish. You certainly uh, yes, helped keep the party you. alive through. Thank you so you know, much. They're definitely healthy. They're definitely healthy. Uh, healthier than they should be. But uh, I'll work in some more difficult My things My shadow points would say otherwise, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I want more shadow scars. I want a bout of madness. Someone should do a bout of madness because we really should show it to the stream. Like we like, you know, we are doing for, a lot for of learning play. For, like for we learning. are trying to help others learn how to play it. So like I really think someone should jump on that grenade for us, you know. Uh, but that's about it. Um, if you want to hang tight, we'll go ahead and find some of the raid for you to watch. Uh, we got some friends over at Dragons in the Dining Room. They're playing some Dungeons and Dragons, so we'll go give them a raid. Uh, and you can kind of watch them for the rest of your Saturday evening. And uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out. And we'll uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>